Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast that celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman. You know, some weeks on the show, uh, I don't know what to expect, and then other weeks we go, we, we fall back into the warm embrace of canon films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The- and, and watching this movie, I, I had to ask myself, uh, do you want to watch a movie like this? the fugitive but worse and also it hates women and is incredibly homophobic well ladies and gentlemen we have a film for you okay (laughs) we have quite the film 1986's murphy's law yeah from the aforementioned canon film group uh I, i think this is a very clear example of a movie whose title was made first. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. everything else about the movie was reverse engineered from the title of that, the movie. That is the majority of canon films. The majority yes. of the movies, because I think we've talked about this before, canon would come up with a title, mo- they, they'd attach a star, then they'd mm-hmm. mock up a poster based on nothing. They had no movie. Just they'd kind of yeah. make some generic action movie poster art. And then they would sell that, all the rights to it, right, across the world. And then they'd figure out what the movie actually was. That's now, generally how canon di- worked. Maybe we should discuss this uh, outside the podcast. But what if we took some of our pitches mm-hmm. and, 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 and made poster Photoshop some posters? There to you go. Hey, that's something yeah. to maybe to task our listeners with. If you've got, if you're in yeah. with some art skills, please, we would love to see some of the movies we come up with on here. I would love that. Please. <laughs> You can send it to us. Uh, we're actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Make sure to yeah throw those our way. I would love to see some of that because yeah that that is uh, that is the canon approach to the movie. So here they have they had Charles Bronson and Murphy's Law. What is it? I don't fucking know. Like who sure. cares? Yeah, and uh, and the fact that this is the movie they came up with. Uh... <laughs> yep, this is this is yeah this is it from director J Lee Thompson. Uh, director of nine films with Charles Bronson. This is the sixth wow. of their nine collaborations. This was he oh was God. the main Bronson director. You know, it, it, sometimes you just need a specific person to get out like that performance from from an actor. You know, and this it, it, it guy seems like gets me. Really... <laughs> he understands me. <laughs> but here's the thing, Jay Lee Thompson. You're going like, oh, was this some kind of schlock guy? Lord, no. This is a man who <clears throat> made The Guns of Navarone, one of the greatest war pictures ever made. Uh, yeah. You know, much like Bronson, this is a guy who later in life fell into canon. I mean, it's just kind of how these things work because yeah. you look at making things like Guns of Navarone, Cape Fear, one of the best thrillers probably oh, ever. Shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, a great, great filmmaker. And then, you know, he falls into 
making a lot of a lot of these. We're going to talk about Firewalker. Uh, it's uh, later when we get to uh, we're going to do a month of Norris. And, okay. Uh, so he did also direct a Norris picture called Firewalker, Excellent. but. Yes, I said this is one of nine movies he directed starring our boy Charles Bronson. Yeah. And it just goes to show that um, not just actors can fall on hard times, you know. Yeah. The vortex that is canon films, uh, it, it sucks in many different people from talented backgrounds. Well, canon, always looking to save money, did hire talented people, but usually talented people pass their prime because they could afford them. So you see, or yeah. up and comers. That's generally what you see from canon, right? It's either people just starting out or people kind of cresting and headed towards retirement. I view canon films like uh, scavengers, like vultures. Almost, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, circling around people who it's like, oh, that last movie wasn't very good. Just a few more flops and they'll be, they'll be, they'll be working <laughs> with us soon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Exactly. And that's, I mean. There's no question that Bronson, we're we're prime in the middle here. We we talked about the last Bronson canon film before mm-hmm. with Death Wish Five. This is right smack in the middle of his canon run. So wait, when did that movie come out? Death Wish Five. Uh, that was uh, early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and this is so this is eighty six. So. This is uh Bronson, by the way, is sixty five years old in this movie. Yeah. So that was ninety four that uh, mm. death wish five came out so yeah gotcha. he's 65 in this thing um yeah. which shows and i think actually makes the movie <laughs> i mean he's Weird. he's a fit 65 but he's very old to be this part he's very yes. old to be believable as a street cop uh and uh also very old to be dealing with the oh shit i mean let's just get into it jack murphy's a fucking mess man yeah, yeah. I uh, are we supposed to sympathize with this character? Mm, that's always a good question on this show. Because it, it 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 seems like they do intentionally make him. I mean, they intentionally make him an alcoholic. Oh yeah, yeah. They intentionally make him like yeah a mess, like you said. You're right. So so him, you know, showing sort of problematic behaviors. Uh, obviously, we're looking at this from the lens of modern day, but like, but even by '80s I, standards, even, some of this is pretty rough. It's still pretty rough, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, I think the thing that you're talking about that's interesting is I, because well, we've seen plenty of other movies about burnout cops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what I don't get from this movie, surprise, surprise, because it's an action shelf movie, you never <laughs> get the turn where he gets it together, really. Like, he starts no. kicking ass, but it's never like, oh, man, he's getting back to the guy he was before the booze and stuff like that. That's usually how these go, right? Where it's like, right now I'm on the case that's going to turn it around and make me the cop I once was. Does anybody have a character arc in this movie? Ooh, that's a good question. Not really like, is the answer. I think the closest is the girl, Abrielle, is that her name? Uh, Abrielle McGee? Arabella. Oh, Arabella. Uh, Arabella McGee, which is a very real name. That sounds very real. Yeah. I love when like characters in movies and TV shows had the last name McGee like all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think this is around that time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Um, that's, I feel like that's definitely an eighties thing. Uh, Yeah. I also, I, one of my favorite scenes is when he sees her driver's license and goes, 
Hey, fellas, look who we got here. Arabella. <laughs> Jesus. She's got a silly name. Yeah, and we know we know from, from some of our history that Bronson was not exactly in love with these scripts Cannon was giving him. No. Uh, and was, uh, but was taking, he, they were paying him as much as they were paying anybody. Yeah. Uh, Cannon hadn't fully siphoned out all of his like love for art and, and, and life. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely, you see a difference here. And when we're in 86 here where he's, he's, he's a little livelier in this movie, you know, he's, yeah. he, he, you get the sense he's trying to do what he can with this script, uh, script by, by the way, by Gail Morgan Hickman, uh, who also wrote a lot of TV credits. Uh, let's see here. This, what's this movie? Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, well, by the way, Gail, but it, it is a man. Um, okay, that's what I was double-checking. Because yeah. this movie feels like... Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, wait. Gail Morgan Hickman was a writer for The Enforcer, mm -hmm. which I believe is the third Dirty Harry movie. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Well, because makes a lot of. I sense. mean, this thing is very in the vein of a Dirty Harry. I mean, it's way dumber than any of the Dirty Harry movies, but yes. it's definitely in that vein of kind of renegade cop. Although this guy makes Harry Callahan look like a perfect cop. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, Harry was never drunk on the job. At least, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, uh, I will say the Enforcer, not the best Dirty Harry film. <laughs> no, not the not the best, not the worst. Uh, yeah, that's, that's smack that's in the middle. True. I feel like a quality in that franchise. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. fairly forgettable, I would say. Um, yes, the only memorable part of that film is I think when Harry uses a rocket launcher to. Yes, kill he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, those movies are. Uh, it at, is. A, at a certain point, those movies are basically just what weapon does Harry use in this movie? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. By the time he shoots a guy with a harpoon gun in the Deadpool, you know, you're looking at. Uh, which the Deadpool feels the most canony of. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Of those. Which, uh, which is funny because it has both Jim Carrey and Liam Neeson in yeah. it. Yeah. Very early performances from those guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, uh, I guess Cannon liked this guy enough to uh, the next year he writes Death Wish for the Crackdown, which is maybe the silliest of the Death Wish movies. Um, what? So, uh, and then eventually, though, this guy segues into a TV career on things like The Equalizer and Crime Story and uh, that kind mm. of stuff. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this definitely... <laughs> I mean, it feels like a canon movie in a lot of ways. In in ways that so we we've seen a number of canon films mm -hmm. on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this feels the most like a canon movie <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. It really like does. a lot of the movies we had seen are missing some of the the classic elements. Oh, this one hits uh, I think every one of the bullet points. Yeah, it's very it it, it this movie hates <laughs> hates women mm -hmm. uh it is incredibly homophobic there are yeah and weirdly randomly homophobic yeah. yeah yeah it's randomly homophobic like like it's no it, it's introducing homophobia not in the plot like there are no gay characters in the movie no it just it's is just generally homophobic blurs. i know it's really yeah it's i don't know if that's better or worse i mean at least it's not hatred I, at somebody but it's just like a general air of intolerance 
Yeah, yeah, it's very casually homophobic. Yeah, it's ca- you know it's I mean? like locker room homophobic, right? Because there's lots of like, like yeah, yeah, killing or or like assaulting, you know, gay right? People. Or or once again, even anything aimed at people, it's more just like you two a gay, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, gotcha, you know, like this, which is awful. <laughs> so clever, that wow, yeah, uh, you, it's just it's just weird. Where one? I'm like, why even are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, no, we hit that. Uh, multiple strip club scenes. You're right. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, yeah. Same strip club, but yeah, multiple scenes at the strip club, which mm-hmm. is just, That's just wh- excellent. I was like, can we yeah. get back to that strip club? I mean, still, once again, <laughs> nowhere close to future kick levels of strip club scenes. True. But yes. I don't think anything can. I don't think anything I will think have as many random. 75 percent of future kick was strip clubs, <laughs> and the other 25 percent was murdering women horrifyingly. Mm-hmm. I think that's. So I don't think anything is going to be as hateful of women. I I, I shudder nope. to think we could see anything that matches that movie. Um, but this one, uh, this one tries. It was, you know, it, it made a valiant effort, um, but its hatred was just not strong enough. Unfortunately. No, unfortunately not. Uh, let uh, let me see. Do I have a budget for this movie? Is a good question. Oh yeah. Here. yeah let me take. Oh, I do. I do. You want to take a guess of the budget here, Lisman? In 1986. 1986. This movie okay. came out April 18th, 1986. It's real cheap. It mm-hmm. looks real cheap. It definitely um, does. They were cutting corners, I will say, and we'll talk about some of the things that they scoffed at spending money on. Certainly were, yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to say $5 million. Ooh, pretty close. Six, $6 million. Oh gosh! Damn close. Though. Oh, so close. But you yeah, were you nice. were right in the pocket there of about what this thing cost. Um, yeah. Now, uh, originally the the studio wanted Madonna for the part of Arabelle McGee. She said no, huh? No, huh. no, no. She said no, but she wanted a million dollars, and they said, "I don't think so." <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And then also, rocker Joan Jett was one of the finalists for the part that she actually got close to getting it. They really wanted, wow. They really wanted a, like a, a singer. Yeah. For this part I mean, and they ended reason. up getting one, uh, Kathleen Wilhoit, who ended up in the part was also a musician and sings the title track over the end credits. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, this was only her second film, which of course her first movie being the, uh, uh, call or a high school sex romp private school. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Is that good, John? Have you seen that? I don't. It's one of those where I don't think I've seen it. But maybe. Okay. Because all those are the same thing. Private school, ski school, you know, whatever. They're all the mm. same movie, right? Oh, Porkies. Okay. Gotcha. They're all just trying to, all young dudes trying to get some. Um. All right. So let's talk about Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Hey, it's me, Jack Murphy. How do we meet Jack Murphy in this movie? He's buying groceries. <laughs> like any good action hero. But he has his back to the camera, right? And he's paying for the groceries. And then Bronson walks out of the grocery store with the bag. And the camera does like a push-in zoom to be like, it's Bronson. That's <laughs> right. We got Bronson. Oh, the score in this movie is aggressively 1980s. It, yes. It's very synth heavy. Yeah, there's a lot of synth, a lot of bongo drums for some reason, and a lot of like. In the words el- of uh, of our uh, other previous podcast, The Green Mile, as Gregoni coined, they're tension bongos. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's got that kind of thing where it is just like, mm, we need to build the tension of the scene. Can we put a little bongo in there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scene isn't tense enough. Somebody get me some bongo drums, please. So we're introduced to our two main characters right up front here, ja uh, Detective Jack McGee and Arabelle McGee, or uh, Detective Jack Murphy and Arabella mm -hmm. McGee, because mm -hmm. this lovable little scamp of a teenage delinquent uh, steals Murphy's car. Yeah. And you know yes, this because he yeah. says, Hey, that's my car! <laughs> Which she then proceeds to crash into a deli or something? Some sort of restaurant, yeah. Which Seems is really like that's great. a big fucking crime. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he chases her into an alley and uh, fires his gun in the air. Mm -hmm. You know, like a maniac. Uh... <laughs> yeah, once again, another action shelf hero who is completely unhinged. Oh, yeah, this guy, I mean, you were saying that at the beginning, and I think it's true. Like, Jack Murphy, number one, bad cop. Uh, this guy yes. is, like, everything wrong with police work, in fact. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, I'm going, like, get him off the force. I do not want <laughs> this old, drunken maniac out there with a gun. Like, good lord. But all it's one of those things that these movies do that drive me insane, too, where it's like, he's a complete fucking mess, a drunk, mm -hmm. and an unhinged stalker, but also the best cop there is. You know, you're like, wait, what? How can it, you know? I don't think, they don't, like, refer to him as the best cop, right? They're not, like, they don't. The, the, the only best. reason I say that is because almost every other cop is, is uh, crooked as hell and in the pocket of this mob boss. That is very true, yes. Uh, he's which is the only funny. one not on the take. Which is funny because, of course, he's not on the take because it, that wouldn't help. This guy's a no. mess. You don't want this guy on the, you know, he the the mob boss. The, what what the, he's not going to add anything to that guy's organization. Even even the Italian mob is like, mm, he's a bit of a liability. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he they, ha they have standards, John. He catches her, and uh, I did. I only wrote down a couple of her lines as one liners because you could literally go all the live long day. Writing down. I did write down a very long list. Oh, good, uh, good. Okay, well, I'm glad you've yeah. got them for the record. Um, yeah, not all of them because just about every single line is just one of these like very juvenile, like it almost feels like 90s insults. You know what I mean? Like it's like very Bart Simpson in a way. Yeah, know? the thing I kept uh, thinking was this feels like an older writer guessing yes. what a tough teen would say. There's a lot of yes. things like puke breath, booger brain, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm going like, oh my god, nobody yeah. said that. Oh yeah, they're like, they're they're not tough teen things. Mm. They're like ten to twelve year old recess playground. Do you insults. want me to? Yeah. Do you want me to list out? Yeah, let's, read out the ones. I yeah, did. go ahead, go ahead and hit. So us this with is just ones. this will give you an image of the character. So this is just from one scene, just to like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody context. Amazing. And this is later in the film when he actually does catches her yeah. and brings her in. She she uses camel crotch, <laughs> snot licking donkey fart, <laughs> jism breath scrotum cheeks, mm -hmm. bug sucking booger, mm -hmm. dinosaur dork, <laughs> fart for brains, yeah. toe jam, and monkey vomit. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, in this scene where he's got her up against the fence, he starts patting her down, and she says, Enjoying yourself, pervert? <laughs> Why do all cops have two-inch peckers? Yeah, and, and then, then she, I think she knees them in the nuts. She sure does. Oh! Which is her go-to move. It is. Oh, I should have protected my little self. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> my mini Murphy. Joke's on you. They were already dust. <laughs> <laughs> So he takes a shot to the balls, and then he goes home to his absolute shithole of an apartment. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's scattered pizza boxes and files and shit and bottles yeah. of liquor on stuff. And then, of course, a big framed photo of him, of him and his wife in happier mm. times. Yay. And did you notice behind that nightstand was just a door that he just put furniture in front of. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm need like, to go into wherever that leads. <laughs> I don't use that porch anymore. <laughs> that was that was my wife's porch. That was our porch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's living in shithole. <laughs> he's got yeah. And so then he goes into uh, he goes into work, and we meet his partner, who is telling him about some and I. Keep in mind, a lot of what I'm about to say throughout this whole movie are in the words and parlance of these characters. Yep. He's dating yeah. a, quote, total nympho, and mm -hmm. he's talking about the wild sex they're having, and Bronson uh, wants nothing, none of this. And, and as an audience member, I also want none of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't care about your crazy sex. Uh, are we supposed to believe that his partner, who I think... His name is Art. Yes. Uh, is supposed to be like the young like uh, stud who gets all the ladies. Because he's I mean, constantly talking about having sex with different women. Mm -hmm. uh, this is and Rob I guess comparatively to Bronson, he's younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bronson yeah. is in his late 60s at this point. This guy, <laughs> uh, let's see. This guy was uh, 47. <laughs> Okay. okay. Sure. And also shared the screen. This actor also shared the screen with Bronson in Death Wish Two, also from Canon. Uh, that makes also sense. available yeah. from Canon. I think that uh, Robert F. Lyons is just one of those guys who is in a million things. Uh, yeah. And I saw him a lot of these kind of growing up watching Canon and movies and such like that. Oh shit! He's also in Ten to Midnight with Bronson. Um, oh fuck! Yeah, this guy's in a lot of Bronson's movies. It seems like. Um, Anyway, uh, oh, oh, and he did do some Walker, Texas Ranger later. So um, Excellent. Yeah, I'm sure we'll run into Robert F. Lyons again. But, yeah, he is a weird choice to be, like, the, yeah, supposedly the ladies' man young partner. Weirdly enough, I don't see it yeah. <laughs> with uh, this guy. Oh, I just assume he's lying about all this shit, right? Like, aren't you? Where he goes, right, like, exactly. Yeah, I had sex with a real nympho last night. It's like, nah, you were alone watching porn, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh and he's like please i don't care uh oh and this is all happening by the way at the crime scene of a murdered mm -hmm. prostitute where yep. bronson has showed up hung over mm -hmm. oh good in his rumpled suit they're always talking about how rumpled he is and and i actually thought he could have been more rumpled as a note to cost he could have been um mainly because like as a uh devotee of the classic detective series columbo that guy did always look rumpled. Yes. Not drunk, not not hungover, just disheveled and, you know, 
Yes, it's kind not of caring about his. Appearance. But that was part of his charm, and know? it was also sort of part of his whole tactic of underplaying his intelligence and stuff to fool mm. people into. I mean, that was the genius of Columbo. Was yes. he made himself look like an idiot when really, you know, he so he would kind of let people hang themselves then. Um, yeah, and then he'd just say, "Oh, just, I just one did. more thing." Just one more thing, you know. Um, but anyway, we don't need to talk about a legitimately great police officer who, by the way, didn't even carry a gun. Um, yeah. Yeah, made a point of not carrying a firearm. Columbo never shot anybody. Didn't have to. Um, yeah. He's that good. He was that good, yeah. Uh, so uh, this is not uh, – I don't get the sense Jack Murphy is uh, any kind of genius detective or uh, – He's far from his mind is his greatest weapon. Uh, Not really a lot of police work happening in this movie. No, that is an interesting thing for being like a detective thriller. And by that, I mean the main character is a supposedly a detective. Not mm. a whole lot of like deducing clues. More kind nope. of just running into what's actually going on. <laughs> like when he actually figured, the only way he figures it out is somebody on the phone goes, could it be this person? He's like, yes. It that's, must be. That's how he solves the case. Uh, hey, Art, do police work for me. <laughs> Can you look up some things for me? I'm busy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're at this murdered crime. Does this have anything to do with anything, by the way, this murder? The only thing it has to do with anything is that it's, the it's, this was done by the brother of the mob. Boss. right right it's uh vincenzo is the mob boss right yeah uh, Vinny, is it Vinny? Vin no 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 frank vincenzo is the main mob boss it's the main one yeah that we remember. see and then later his brother who won't last long tony vincenzo is the brother yeah don't worry bronson will put him in the ground within the first 10 minutes um yep so uh so then th yeah because they go immediately and just confront this guy at dinner with his mother you know, like police do. Oh, yeah. And they just walk. Bronson just walks up to him and goes, hey, there, you whore peddling son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, easy. Jesus. How's the drug business going, asshole? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, generally, when you hear about how real crime organizations are taken down, it's a lot of surveillance, maybe undercover work, a lot of subtlety, a lot of deft touch. Not Jack Murphy's approach. Not uh, antagonizing them in a public space. No, that's such a move. You see that all the time in movies where, like, cops are kicking in doors and going, like, I know you're evil and I'm going to bust you. I don't, I can't think of any true crime things about organized where, you know, where I've actually heard anyone did that. Where, like, oh, yeah, the main detective just got up in his face and said he was going to put him in jail. Do you remember in um, in The Wire when a character said, I've got your brother by the balls. Oh, sorry, I don't mean balls. We've got him by the chandeliers. That's one of my favorite lines in this movie. Because he sees his mother and he tones it down. The guy's yeah. with his mother, yeah. Uh, but he still I, does the hand motion, which is very yeah. funny. Those big chandeliers hanging from his crutch. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that line on the wire. Uh, yeah. In fact, on the wire, they did the thing I think that where there's almost like a a somewhat of respect, where it's like, mm hmm, mm hmm. I see how you snuck out of that one. Okay, okay, you know. Yeah. There's that yeah. kind of attitude. Uh, so 
Yeah, and this is where he says, because uh, this is where we get the title of the movie from the mob boss who goes, hey, do you know what Murphy's Law is? It means that anything bad that can happen will happen. And then he hits him with, and this, of course, is a long one-liner, but it is the main thing in the movie, so I had to write it down, which is, yeah. the only law I know is Jack Murphy's Law, and it's simple. Don't fuck with Jack Murphy. Oh, cool, and man. in case you missed this one-liner, yeah. don't worry. They say it again at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know. I think they actually say it don't, twice Don't worry. More. Uh, uh, oh, do they say? It I, think, I think I think I, mean, I, I think I think it might be yeah, and uh, and also in case you missed it, he's Jack Murphy. <laughs> um, then we cut to this sleazy PI played by Lawrence Tierney, uh, legendary mm-hmm. character actor Lawrence Tierney, probably best remembered as Joe from Reservoir Dogs for people. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He was also Elaine's father on Seinfeld, but um, a guy oh, who goes. Okay like way back into like classic noirs and stuff. And I was like, oh good, Lawrence Tierney. What a waste. <laughs> He's a really good actor. And they just have him in this one scene. And he uh, he goes up to this woman. Uh, I will say, and this is in the IMDb trivia, interesting that the a, a rare canon movie with a female villain, which I would say right, was yeah. progressive, except for, you know, the rest of the movie. Um, right. <laughs> but kind of interesting. This is... Um, Carrie Snodgrass is uh, is our <laughs> villain here, our villainess. Uh, I feel like she doesn't do a terrible job as a villain. No, no, she know? was a, once again. She, I mean, that's the thing with canon is they did get real actors. We're not in like like the modern day stuff we watch. Where I mean, they get like you know maybe not like a list, but solid professional actors. Uh, people may yeah. remember her from um, she's in uh, the Clint Eastwood movie Pale Rider. Uh, oh yeah yeah so i mean she once again real actress uh and i think she's she actually has made my favorite part of the movie because it does seem like she's a good actress and she's having fun playing the psychopath right exactly she's going for it because he gives her this information and then he wants money and instead she pulls a gun and i thought this Mm -hmm. was fucking there's some moments in this movie where it's just fucking brutal yeah. Um, which are actually the moments I liked in the movie where it's just like, cause she's like, open up and say, ah, and then she shoots you know, him through his like mouth. Like at the doctor's office or yeah. at the dentist. Yeah. And she fucking just shoots him through his mouth out the back of his head. And I thought, Christ. All right. <laughs> this is a level okay. of nastiness that also when you talk about hitting the canon checklist is yeah. Mm-hmm. Canon movies tend to be a little bit more lurid with the violence. Um, That's true. And throughout the movie, those are, once again, the parts I, I actually did enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, then she calls up calls up old Jack Murphy and says she's gonna he's going to die, but first she's going to make his life hell. And I love that Bronson's just like, who is this? <laughs> You're going to have to be more specific. Also, throughout the whole rest of the movie, he doesn't know who's doing this, and he never references this phone call ever again going, you know, a woman called me and said she was going to ruin my life. And then later, he's like still considering that maybe it's some of these men he put away that's behind it. Yep. Not famously that woman murderer I put in jail. <laughs> well, again, he is a terrible police officer. Oh, he's so bad. But it just seems like this alone, he should have been like, oh, yes, that one time I famously put away a female killer. 
That's probably Ooh. who's behind this. No, not till no. the very end of the movie does he put that. And he doesn't even put that together. He just he just gets presented no. with multiple choice, and he's like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> I just you know I don't, I'm not looking for brilliant detective storytelling here, but <laughs> a general level of competence would be nice. <laughs> yeah, so that the audience is not like, why wouldn't he know that? Mm-hmm. Why can't he put it together? We can. <laughs> Uh, um, then we're back at the police station, and this other cop makes a crack about seeing Bronson's wife stripping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His comment is something. Isn't something like "saw your wife's tits last night" or something like that? Yeah, it's like, are they as tasty, or do they taste as good as they look? Yeah. I think is what he said. Yeah, and Bronson uh, just punches him in the face. Yeah, and then the captain calls him into his office, and I'm like, "What was that all about?" And he's like, "Oh, personal stuff." And that's you not know, even what the boys ca- be boys. That's not even what the captain wanted to talk about. The open assault he no. just committed in the office. No, he's like, you gotta get your drinking under control, you boozed up <laughs> son of a bitch. Just retire him. Just I, do a forced retirement. He's sixty-five. He, I mean, like, uh, was it? Most police retirement is like at fifty-five. Yeah. Unless you're in like upper brass, but I mean, this guy. It's, come on, man. He's so and Bronson is a guy who always looked old, but he's really looking old at this point, you know. And he'll yeah. look even older by the time you get to ninety four and Death Wish five. Mm, yeah, I mean, good lord. Um. Anyway, yeah. So they uh. Now we get to, <gasps> hey, we just got a, a tip that there's an airplane coming in with Tony Vincenzo on it, so we got to get to this airport chase. <laughs> Get some action. Here's some action, Lisman. Uh That's true. There hasn't been any action yet. Not really, film, no. So. Well, here's some action. They chase they get to the airport and this guy <laughs> Did you love how this guy had concealed his gun inside of a typewriter inside of his uh suitcase? Yep. I enjoyed that. Good. I also like the look of this man. He looks like an eighties villain. He does, and he also looks absolutely nothing like the actor that plays his brother. <laughs> very true at all <laughs> he's a completely different type he's got he's got he's got a very uh mel gibson from lethal weapon look oh yeah like. yeah uh uh real hairy and disheveled and i've yeah. seen a few people connect he was in a movie called number one with a bullet and i feel oh god okay and i i just keep seeing this and i feel like this is a movie we have to do and now that i look at the poster also from the canon film group Robert Carradine and Billy D. Williams, number one with a bullet. All right, Jesus that'll Christ. get added to the oh, list. Okay. Yeah, we got to watch this thing. Robert, I'm Carradine. guessing, I'm guessing David Carradine's brother. Yeah, or something. Star yeah. of Revenge of the Nerds, Robert Carradine. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that now. Yeah. yeah, but now <laughs> I, I guess he tried to make a. This looks. Very lethal weapony is what I'll say from the poster. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It looks like it's kind All of all right. Well, that's going doing... on the list. Put it on the list, John. Number one with a bullet. Uh, we space out these canon movies because canon movies really are. There is something like I said when I see that logo come up, I'm like, settle in. It's a canon picture, which will still be this sleazy, be... but yeah, this a yeah. little bit more polished than a lot of the shit we watch. This might be my least favorite canon movie that we've I agree so with that. Far. It's not as yeah. fun as some of the other ones. It doesn't have the the insane glee of something like Invasion USA. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
or or Cobra. Right. Oh God, Cobra. I mean, especially in terms of renegade cop movies, Cobra is so much better than Murphy's Law. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, so this turns into a shootout and hostage situation, which I don't. This may be the first time I've ever seen this. He just blows this woman's brains out after taking yeah, her. That's hostage. not really how hostages work, my dude. <laughs> no. Now, now they can just shoot you, and he does, and they do. Yeah. <laughs> Bronson. I also like when he takes this woman hostage. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, for some reason, reaches back and takes off his sunglasses. Did you notice that? <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's so dumb. It's very. It's a very weird thing that they. You gotta to see this guy's him. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very silly. Uh, because yeah, yeah, he just. I was like, oh shit! He just shot her and killed her. I don't. Yeah. Uh, the first of a few. Well, no, actually, because we already had the dead body of the prostitute, so we're we're up to two female murders in this thing. Two dead women. Mm-hmm. Keep track, folks. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and and Bronson just blows this son of a bitch away. Then, and then sure you know, in good fashion, pulls out a flask and starts taking pulls from it. I'm like, dude, that's gonna come anyway. up in the internal affairs investigation of the shooting really well yeah it's true no this is just a canon kidding. there's movie. no there's no enforcement of like no. that kind of thing in this movie no this is a canon movie you think anybody's going to like a shooting review <laughs> <laughs> no man this is this is a world where uh, canon world is where you get punished for not using your gun in the field um true yeah when are we gonna see the movie about the people who have to like file the paperwork after <laughs> these kinds of incidents yeah you know well, i am actually fascinated because it is like the internal investigation of of any time you fire your gun is like a lengthy process yeah and i've seen <laughs> maybe two movies ever address it <laughs> yeah uh that fascinating i mean the, the wire is a place that dealt with that obviously because it was really getting into the realism of police work um, yeah, but like if you even if you don't kill anybody, if you just fire your gun, oh well. I mean, we know there's a lot of problems with this, but the way it should work is you have to account for every bullet that comes out of your gun and explain yourself. Right. Obviously, right. things are too lax with that in a lot of places in this country, unfortunately. Well, you know, uh, self-regulation is for for whatever reason self-regulation doesn't work. I don't yeah, know. I know, right? Strange. Yeah. Um. So, uh. <laughs> Bronson's killed somebody now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother of this guy and the the main mobster, Frank Vincenzo, uh, mm-hmm. is at the funeral of the brother and, and demands that Bronson be killed. So immediately I'm going, what is the plot of this movie? Because we saw the <laughs> other is, woman. Is... Mm-hmm. Now this woman wants him dead. I'm like, who's it's coming after It's purely incidental. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, there's no reason. It should just all be connected. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. But it's, it's not. No. It's... I also do like in this scene when the mother says he was a good boy and then immediately walks it back and is like, eh, he's a decent boy. Eh, he was okay. You know, he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was okay. He's all right. Yeah. Eh, come to think of it, he had his moments is more what it was, you know. <laughs> is is So is this just to make uh i can't even remember anybody's name but like the mob boss frank like a red herring a little bit like i I mean that that's what that's what i thought but then he he and his goons do show up for the final like climax 
Well, because yeah. it seems like a red herring because later Bronson will question him and being like, why right. are you doing this to me? And he's like, I'm not. And Bronson will be like, oh, my God, he's not the one doing this. <laughs> but, but he is but, going to be after this. Yeah, but I but, just humiliated him. But then he comes after him. But then that just. But that's another. That's like a hat on a hat, right? Where you're going like yep. his mother already tasked him with killing Bronson. Then he's re-upped in his vengeance against Bronson because Bronson humiliates him in that scene. It's just like... But then somebody is also trying to... Somebody else is also trying to yeah, kill Yeah, then Bronson. there's a whole so other really thing. really, it's a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah, it just kind of is like... Uh, they never do the scene that seems obvious where he teams up with the woman who Bronson put away. Doesn't that yeah. seem like the obvious thing where it's like... Or team up with the mobster, or like you know, one or the other. Right. Yeah. Um, they. Yeah. I mean, you need the you need the Spider-Man three scene of you hate Spider-Man. I hate Spider-Man. You know. Oh, that classic scene, <laughs> uh, which is terrible, of course. But is everybody's that... favorite Spider-Man scene? Yeah. Uh, which I mean, but that's often a superhero thing where the two villains are like, right. mm, "We both need to get rid of Batman. We should work together." You know, there's no scene. Yeah, like that's that. true. The villains should have teamed up. They definitely should have. Instead, it's it just you know, they all just collide at the end of the movie so that there can be more shooting. Pretty much. And yeah. there's a lot of shooting. Um, there is a lot of shooting. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and I know somebody who may be happy about that. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, John. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bronson has come home to find divorce papers which he's none too pleased about. And then the uh -huh. saddest fucking image. Bronson goes to the strip club where his wife is stripping and just getting drunk. Yep. Good God, that's the most depressing scene I've seen in any movie in a long time. I also liked that this strip club was, it's very clearly styled after like, vaguely asian culture oh yeah, yeah. uh and, and like the name also i i didn't write down the name i of didn't it, either, but, yeah. but but also the owner all of the dancers and all of the patrons are all white oh yeah yeah so why why is <laughs> why why there's a few other things why. i uh yeah that doesn't make any sense there's a few other things that don't really work about the strip club number one we see her entire dance and it's like hmm. maybe a minute that's, most, yeah. yeah, that's weird. And two, no one is giving her any money. What's the financial incentive then to cuz that's like strippers don't get paid just to dance. They they make money from get, the tips. They make tips. Yeah. Right. The guys are instead. Uh, I, I think she's she just I mean she's an artist. She loves to dance in whatever form. Well, and also, I mean, I, and and look, I I don't know enough about the strip club culture, but I felt this woman pretty old to be seemingly just starting out and stripping too. Uh, I think everybody is just a little too old. Yeah. In this movie. She was 44 in this movie. Hmm. That's and, and he needs going and, and we don't know much. I had more questions about their relationship than anything in the movie yes. because he is going like, what are you doing? Implying so, up to like maybe a year ago, she was never a stripper <laughs> and then just right. Yeah. What went crazy and had a midlife crisis where she's like, I'm going to start stripping now. I, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe it was her calling. I like it's, honestly, like this movie does have a very, very low opinion of oh, strippers. Oh uh, God, yeah. I mean, because he is like, 
What the fuck are you doing with your life? Jesus Christ. I'm just like, okay, who are you to judge, dude? Yeah. Drunk <laughs> cop Charles drunk Bronson. asshole. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I mean, I, a more nuanced script, which you would never expect from canon, would be more like, oh. what are you doing? You all of a sudden start doing this? Like you're living a totally different life and you just, you know. Because I think yeah. what we're supposed to think is out of nowhere, this woman left him and became a stripper and he's like spiraling. Which I kind of want to see that movie without the killer stuff and it's just a drama. Yeah, that does bring up an interesting point. Why, like, why did they get divorced? Yeah, was he already a mess before that, or was, or, or was that completely it's, resulting? It's interesting. From the police captain brings up a, a fact that is true when he goes, two thirds of the guy on the guys on this force are divorced, which is actually true. Cops have hmm. an incredibly high divorce rate. Uh, for any number of reasons that you can start to get into that. But uh, mm -hmm. but so that's kind of interesting. And so, yeah, we, we don't know any. It doesn't matter because she's going to be dead like two scenes later. So, uh, yeah, because <laughs> more women need to get dropped in this movie. Um, it's true. Yeah. Just slaughter these women. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So he goes <laughs> and then he's also like, really? Divorce papers? Like, did you think you were going to work this out, Bronson? <laughs> because she's also with the manager of this club now. Yes. And so that also brings up more questions. Yeah. Did she just meet this guy? Yeah. And then he talked her into it? But it seems like the relationship she, she has with this guy, it doesn't seem toxic to me. No, because Bronson will be like, you're just a whore now and he's your pimp. But yeah. it, they don't seem to have that. But to be fair, we don't spend much time with them. But you know, and therein lies once again. Maybe that is the drama of the thing. Was this guy is toxic, and that could be a plot of a movie. Boy, it'd be nice <laughs> if they actually showed it. You know, in it's, this film, exactly. It's just so dramatic. I'm just so curious about all this that the fact that it's mm -hmm. just tossed away. I'm like, why make it this beyond? Of course, they want people to strip in the movie, I and mean, this is all just an excuse mm -hmm. to get strip clubs in here. And then they do the classic uh, get boobs in an 80s movie later by just having somebody watching porn, <laughs> which is a classic like 80s action movie thing where it's like, how do we get more boobs in here? Oh, they'll just be on the mm -hmm. TV screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but there, the dude was also about to get a blowjob, so it was kind <laughs> of unnecessary to also have a it on a TV screen. Very long uh, lead up, you know, two, very long foreplay to a blowjob that we need to see every minute of. We we have to see all of it. I'm sorry. It's part of the contract. Yeah, yeah. I know. It just that was one of those where it's like, uh, I could probably get a minute out of this scene if I <laughs> This thing did not this movie doesn't drag as much as some, but it still shouldn't be an hour forty. No. Yeah. No. You could easily it could easily get ten minutes out of this thing, get it down to nine. And it, and it's it's small things though. It's not like whole sequences where the movie drags. It's more like yeah. that just didn't need to be five minute long scene. It needed to be three minutes or whatever, you know. Just yeah, little scenes clips just here linger and there. just a little bit yeah. too much. It's not as egregious as some of the movies where you're going like, What is the entirety of this scene? It's actually <laughs> fairly efficient as a screenplay. It just right. it's uh, it's just like, man, get that out of there. It feels like a first cut, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yes. yeah, 
that's basically the movie. Can we get ten minutes the out of it? The first pass. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah exactly. Because I did think an hour forty, and like I said, it wasn't dragging like some. I wasn't yeah. looking at the clock on this one as much, but uh, mainly because, especially once the main action gets going, this movie's fucking crazy. Uh, it is pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, let's see. So yeah, uh, I just have Bronson shames her for stripping. Uh, then meanwhile, he runs into, after this, he runs back into Arabella, who, mm. something I've never seen, and maybe that just speaks of where I live, he chases her into a women's bathroom with pay stalls? Yep, I've, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I never have seen that either. Very strange. Yeah, although it, the way she slides under the stall door into the toilet seems like, well, that's a pretty easy way not to pay then. I mean, yeah. If, if you're willing to get <laughs> Just... on the floor of a public bathroom. Um, and a women's room, you know, maybe a little bit better. Sure. There's probably less urine on the floor, mm -hmm. you know. I do love when he walks in here, though, and the woman just goes, Hey, you're not supposed to be in here. He's like, shut up, woman. <laughs> he, he doesn't say it, but it was implied. It's the look he gives is a shut up woman yeah, look. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Jack Murphy goes where he wants. Uh, and then he says, open up this stall door or I start shooting. Psycho. He's a psycho. He's, yeah. This guy is an unhinged danger to the city. Textbook police work here. Yeah. Uh, By the way, the city yeah. is L.A., but I never really get the feel for that. No, because I, I was wondering, like, what? Where does this movie take place? It's, I can't it's, tell. It's not till way no. later. Like it's like in the third yeah. act that they reveal it's L.A. And I went, man, it has no identity at all. There's no, yeah, you don't see anything that's even remotely recognizable as L.A. No, and it's it's also not shot in the color palette of L.A., which I think of as sort of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hot orange red during day mm -hmm. and then very cool yeah. blues at night. Uh, yeah, no. always go back to probably the best LA filmmaker Michael Mann in terms of like capturing what LA feels like or even around this same time I love the movie To Live and Die in LA which is a William Friedkin uh, police thriller mm. set in Los Angeles uh, I mean let's be honest as we as we'll always say though Canon just not making any it's all about get it cheap get it fast let's go yeah they're not yeah there's no active choice about how this movie is lit and like the color composition of shots like, that's see. just not something they have time or money to worry no. about mm -mm. no it's just once again it's I'm, i want to see uh it where that did they actually shoot in la yeah they did okay i mean so they did shoot in la um because they shot at the bradbury building which is a famous building used in uh blade runner so uh oh the the building at the end of at the, the end yeah is, I thought is, it looked familiar. Is the okay. same place that the end of Blade Runner happens, except that... for a master filmmaker was lighting <laughs> and shooting that. Because think about how evocative and noirish and the way light is coming through grates and stuff at the end of Blade mm -hmm. Runner. Mm -hmm. None of that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a really well done sequence. Honestly. Oh, it's um, incredible because Ridley Scott is yeah. one of the best filmmakers ever. Um, and of course, that came out before this movie. Eighty two. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, they were just like, I mean, we could film there too, okay? <laughs> it's we, a great location. Care. It's a really great, like, old hotel, you know, mm -hmm. especially for sort of a noirish vibe. 
which this yeah. movie flirts with having but never commits to by any means. Yeah, no. no. It almost is accidentally noirish at, you know, <laughs> in sections, right? There was a noir character, but he got shot at the beginning of the film. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to see the movie about Lawrence Tierney. Uh, yeah. So she goes to kick him to balls again, but he's ready this time and he catches the kick. Not today. Uh, I would have liked it if he wore a cup, actually. I was ready for it. Ha ha. Ball armor. Um, so he brings her into the police station and she immediately is going, he raped me. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And then she hits, oh boy, this, uh, the, the cop who, um, who's booking her says like, uh, makes some kind of crack about like, oh man, real piece of work or whatever. And she hits him with, because sometimes I had to write down some of her stuff. She says, suck a doorknob, you homo. Yep. I mean. And that is indicative of the type of homophobia we're talking about. I mean, just assume lines like that are throughout the whole movie, because they basically Mm. are. They're just casually. I can't write them all down. The the homo part is terrible, obviously. I'm more fascinated by the term suck a doorknob, though. (laughs) What? I don't know. Suck a doorknob. Hmm? Is it because a uh, knob is sometimes used in reference to a penis? I th- Not in America, but it is. No, it's a, yeah, it's more of a British slang. Uh, yeah. Maybe. But even still, that, that's, that, that's, a, that's a second level of jump from doorknob might, to knob to penis. Yeah. <laughs> we, might be, uh, we might be overthinking this. Her yeah. dialogue is absolutely atrocious. It's, ter- it's terrible. Yeah. It is it is obnoxious. It, so yeah. meanwhile, Bronson is stalking his ex-wife. Totally normal. <laughs> totally healthy. And like, he watches her and her boyfriend go into their apartment and then close the shades implying they're about to have sex. And Bronson's just like, oh, no. And you're just like, okay, this is the scene where he just kills himself, right? Like, that seems to be the level of depression. I mean, he's I just going to blow his brains out. More if, he, if he did do that, but yeah. Because it's just like, I mean, it's one of those things where you go like, oh, Bronson, what are you doing to yourself, man? But again, he doesn't have that moment of clarity where he's like, I don't know why I've been behaving this way. It's... No, because she's about to be murdered. So right. that's the problem is, is there's no there's no overcoming of this. And actually, I was thinking this when the when this woman does set him up for murder. I'm like, well, man, he did a lot of the work for her, though, with his behavior in terms of making it seem yeah. like he murdered her. <laughs> because True. yeah, he's going to get knocked unconscious and she takes his gun and shoots these people. Yes. And then... <laughs> Then Bronson comes to at his home in the passenger seat of his car. And wouldn't that be like, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't remember anything that happened. This is a real wake-up call. Who drove my car? I should get my life together. Yeah. Who drove my car? Um, but, of course, he, he's immediately arrested. Yeah. And his response is to imply they're gay. That's his big comeback mm-hmm. to these guys. Got him. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't like women, right? Because they're going like, hey, why were you stalking your ex-wife? He goes, you wouldn't understand. You probably don't even like women, gay. <laughs> I just like. Just, it's, just la- it's just lazy. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's so lazy. It's super lazy. And also, like, unfortunately, 
totally valid by 80s movie standards just be like ha gay it's it's true it's, uh, it's unfortunate but like even like putting aside the problematic aspects of it it's just lazy writing it's 100 you know I mean? lazy every like insult or piece of banter in this movie feels like the first draft it doesn't feel yes. like there's there's no actual wit to these quips there's no actual like energy to the banter it's all just yeah. like like I said, it's all the booger brain and puke breath kind of stuff where you're going like, that's not valid dialogue. Are you saying that there was never a pass on this script to make the jokes funny? No. There's never a, a comedy I, pass on I the don't think there was. And I, I'm going to go as far as say, I think Canon probably always shot the first draft of these movies. I, I think so. Because it's yeah. just like, we, we, we have the title and the star, write the script, we're shooting next week, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I think it really was just like they just needed, uh, they just needed material to shoot. We just got to have Bronson say something. We uh, just need, we need to release, you know, twenty movies this year. Yeah. Okay. So hurry it up. Because yeah, that is always the the thing, and some are more entertaining than others. But man, this thing just. <laughs> uh, so the ballistics match on the gun, of course, and they're like, "You're going away for a long time." And of course, when he's put in lockup, who is he handcuffed to? Hmm. Who could it be? Who could it be? Uh, could it be Satan? <laughs> no. Um. I was wondering if you're doing church lady. Yeah. We're getting. Uh, who could it be? Who could it be? Yeah. Uh, we're very old listeners. Uh, mm. we're making church lady references. Uh, but uh, boy, once again, I apologize because I want to get this light out where he just says to her, "Admit it." You're a dyke. Christ. Why? Christ. Who cares? Like, what is, what is it? Even if she is, who cares? What? She seems to there seems to be uh, into Bronson later, though, which is so which is... goddamn weird. I want to see how old this actress was. Because I do feel I mean, obviously... like she's written like a teenager. Right, exactly. Like, she obviously isn't, but like... Yeah. The fact no, that she's, she's written 22, this actress in this movie. 22? Yeah, 22. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So pretty close, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a 40-year difference. Yeah. Uh, over, it's like a 40, what, 41 44 year, year difference? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And he keeps calling her kid throughout the movie because I thought they were going to yeah. – I thought this was going to go – I assume this was going to go into like a father-daughter maybe relationship kind of thing or mentor-protege sort of thing. Well, then his backstory would have had something to do with his daughter right. being estranged, you know, and not talking to him. No, instead, I need the energy of a much younger woman to pull me out of my funk. <laughs> like, cause I also was wondering, because when you first described this movie, I thought yeah. the whole movie... She was going to be i thought that too that i mean to be fair i was extrapolating from the poster where they're handcuffed together i thought that was going to be the thing uh i I assume that too i was i was equally surprised when they um because i don't know this is one of those where i'm going like i might have seen this in my youth when i was watching these kinds of movies but i have no memory of it really i vaguely remember the setup and my in my mind in my memory they were handcuffed together so and once again, I think I'm just going off. At the least that's a reason to keep them together. But like, oh, I didn't find it believable. As soon as the handcuffs came off, I didn't find it believable that they kept working together. Not at, at all. all. And the point when he 
chooses to keep her involved. I'm like, that's number one. That's irresponsible. You're going to get her killed. Yeah, uh, she should just like go to a hiding place or like skip town or something. Yeah. Uh, so almost immediately, he's out of the cell, has a gun, and mm-hmm. has taken out the guards. You know. Yep. Uh, yep. And his big plan is to get to the roof and take a police helicopter. <laughs> it's so John. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so easy. It's yeah. It's so easy to steal a police helicopter. It totally is. And there's a one-off line where he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I flew choppers in the war, so that explains why I can fly it. Let's go." The Nangs. 1964. Don't I, worry about it. I did think about this because he says 1964, and I'm going. That was 20. He's 65 here, so he was in his mid 40s and serving in Vietnam. I yeah. I don't think so. But then later they say, oh, I guess it was his friend who served in Korea. His friend served nah. in Korea, implying that guy is like 10 He's years older. older than Bronson. I think the character was supposed to be older than Bronson. But... Yes. They looked like they were basically the same age. I think Bronson's character was, is meant is written like he's forty five. I and think he's so. Yeah. Sixty five. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Nam, you know, and you're like, wait, no, you wouldn't have been in no. Vietnam. <laughs> Just have him also have fought in the in Korea, Korea. War. Yeah, that would have been there. He could have been a helicopter pilot in Korea, but they like yeah. Vietnam at because every. 80s action hero has to have some sort of, some sort of Vietnam backstory. Yeah. But you know, when it's Mel Gibson, you're like, okay, sure. But yeah. when it's Charles the age Bronson, matches up there. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're like, okay. In fact, actually that's the thing in Lethal Weapon is Mel Gibson's playing about ten years older than he is. Yeah. Because he actually would be have been incredibly young to have been in Vietnam, but Riggs is supposed yeah. to be a little bit older. Um so uh they yeah he takes off pretty easily here, but they do yeah. shoot they do manage to shoot the fuel tank of the helicopter because right. oh my god this scene listen where they land on top of the roof of this barn we need to be inconspicuous let me land this helicopter on top of this barn <laughs> no one will find it and then of course the whole time he's talking while they're in the helicopter you can hear the wood creaking I'm going. It's going to crash through the yeah. roof, obviously. Well, obviously. That's yeah. not built I mean, to withhold the weight of a helicopter. <laughs> there's got to be better places to land Dude, than on top find of a, a, a field or something. I don't know. Anywhere, really. Anything. Yeah. yeah. If this is in L.A., yeah. there's so many open spaces around L.A. Get out to, to the go. desert. You know, it wouldn't be too yeah. hard. Uh, anywhere. Uh, but, yeah. uh, no, he lands <laughs> and it crashes through the roof. And it just so happens that the the barn uh, he lands on is a drug operation. It's a dope farm. Who could have seen this coming? And these real tough customers and their leather cuts with shotguns come in. And machine guns. One of the guys an M16. It's true. Yeah, that's a weird choice, but yeah. And then, boy... Go ahead and check this off the bullet points of Cannon. Attempted rape. I knew it was the second these guys came in and saw yep. her, I'm like, they're going to try to rape her. Yep. Because we can't get through one of these movies without an obligatory. I literally wrote down obligatory strip scene, yep. obligatory rape, 
you yeah. know, it, fortunately there wasn't actually, actually a rape scene. No, it's like, an attempted threat. rape, and it doesn't get as graphic as some of these. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, this is actually one of the tamer attempted rapes. Still disturbing, of course, but sure. But you know, thank God we weren't ripping shirts off or something here. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised at at the amount of women who kept their shirts on in this movie. <laughs> I was I mean, waiting yeah. for that. Uh, she does take her shirt off later, but she has a bra on. Which that scene, holy shit! There's some really weird stuff, and I can't overstate. This is a weird movie. It seems like a very straight-ahead cop-on-the-run movie, but mm -hmm. the, it goes down some weird avenues. It's Yeah, it's very, very strange. I don't know. Um, but luckily, Bronson comes to just before they're actually able to rape her, mm -hmm. and he gets this machine gun. Which he does something that she could have easily done. He just kicks him on the side of his leg yeah and grabs it she could have easily done that and we've already like, established she's the kind of character who is kicking dudes in the balls and stuff yeah she does try to kick them in the balls and they they do see that coming but they don't see brunson kicking for some reason i don't know i never thought this old man could take me <laughs> <laughs> and he lets loose with a blast from this machine gun and they get out of there mm -hmm. yeah great and so they're, they're going to his old partner slash best friend's place is where they end up. Mm. Yes. Uh, this, is this Ben? Yes, I believe yeah. that is his name. Bill Henderson playing Ben. Oh, shit, this guy's in a lot of movies. He yeah, did he look seemed familiar. Like, he seemed like an actor who is in a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like a, a working actor. 89 you know? credits across his career. Uh, wow. So yeah, a lot of stuff. Lived till ninety, died in twenty sixteen. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he. I mean, he's actually. I mean, a lot of the sort of smaller side characters in this, I thought, were actually pretty solid. The supporting. I mean, cast. if I was to be in a canon film, yeah. that is the type of role I would prefer to be in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, and dude, you wish you had been in a canon movie, obviously. Oh, totes. You yeah. have that on well, a on a resume. <laughs> <laughs> well the thing with canon it seems like a lot of these guys once they made one then canon just kept inviting them back well that's yeah that's the trap you it's know. it's uh, uh it's easy you know ongoing work i think for a lot of people it, it was in the 80s exactly um because it feels just... very much like making a, a bargain with the devil you know what i mean it's like <laughs> easy money yeah Come on just just yeah. be in 15 of these movies. Gollum and Globus were uh, devil-like in their approach to, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I've been meaning to watch the documentary oh, about Cannon Dude, Calls. the documentary is one of my all-time favorite documentaries. Electric Boogaloo, the story of Canon Films, is so good. And yeah. uh, there's definitely, like, pros and cons to it, for sure. There's stuff that's charming about oh. it. There's stuff that's sleazy about it. There's uh it's it's a wild story. Um they were very they were big characters, that's for sure, Golem and Globus. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh Brunson immediately passes out upon entering this house. Yep. Because he's he has a concussion, 65 right? yeah. Also he's 65 okay. years old. It's nap time for grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Is it 3 p.m.? Yeah. 
time I, to take a snoozle. Yeah, I just need to take a quick five. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be up and going. Uh, <laughs> and of course, when he does wake up, he immediately grabs for that bottle of whiskey. Well, yeah. Breakfast I mean, of champions. When I have a yeah. When I have a concussion, I usually drink whiskey afterwards. Yeah. You say you wake up and go, oh, where's the whiskey? <laughs> also, because uh, they're treating him, Ben and uh, yeah. Arabella. A- Abriella. Arabella. Arabella. Yeah. Damn, I can't remember. It's very regal. Um, That's, I guess, the joke, right? Arabella. I, I guess Arabella. So. But they're like, let him. But they're like, oh, he has a concussion. Let him sleep. Yeah. Isn't that the opposite of what you want to do exact for somebody opposite. who has a concussion? Exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. specifically say we got to keep this person awake because you could die. Um, yeah. <laughs> nope. And then, of course, because he's a fucking drunk, he just gets up and starts hitting the sauce. He sure does. And she's like, could you try something else for breakfast? Like, I don't know, this completely blackened omelet I made you? <laughs> I do love that when she holds out the omelet and it's totally black and Bronze just goes, what the hell is that? Oh, we should, we should also say, uh, she was able to pick the lock and the handcuffs. So they are no longer. Right, right, right. Point. Yes, that's right. They are no longer handcuffed. And we've got his best buddy who's walking around on crutches. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is where I'm just like, okay, she hasn't left and I don't know why. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, and, uh, she, yeah, she, and then and at this point she does leave going like well if you don't want me here then I'm gone but for some reason his best buddy's like you should go after her and apologize it's like no <laughs> yeah it, her being near him is only going to endanger her also like I, it, yeah absolutely I loved the black and white photo of the two of them in their police uniforms but they're both like 60 in the photo yeah <laughs> seems like that would be like them as rookies when they were uniformed officers no it was shot like yesterday well yeah (laughs) they could have just had two different actors yeah i don't know anything would have been or even i mean i think you could have done rudimentary if not photoshop just literally cut images yeah i don't know it felt like they just could have done anything other than have two very old men in their police uniforms in that picture uh so uh, he gives uh, he goes uh here take uh take this gun and figure out who framed you. <laughs> and then immediately after Bronson leaves we cut to this POV shot like this like a slasher mm-hmm. movie and I went oh god they're just going to instantly kill this partner. <laughs> He's in the movie for like 5 is, minutes. This is another example of a scene that lingers too long mm-hmm. because he like thinks he sees something out in the bushes. Yeah. It's like huh and stands there for a bit and it's like oh it must be nothing and he turns around but then he turns around again and he's like wait no 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 let me look one more time i'm just like this no it <laughs> this goes on forever he thinks he sees something yeah. no then he goes and he's like well maybe i did no well maybe i no uh <laughs> just... and then so she grabs the shotgun oh, off of his wall also... which i guess was loaded yeah, he had a loaded shotgun mounted on the wall. I also, guess? did you notice the other guns that were on the wall? That were that were on the rack because up top he has yeah. like 
a big flintlock musket, like from the the Revolutionary War. How old are they? And then, <laughs> underneath that, he's got like a big fucking blunderbuss with the big <laughs> circular opening, you know, barrel. And then it would then the double barrel shotgun, which she takes. And then under that is like a Sharps sniper rifle, circa 1885. <laughs> and I just thought, number one. Either, yeah, this guy is ancient, or these are like collectibles, right? Like, he has right. historical right. weapons. You wouldn't keep those loaded. Those wouldn't just be sitting no. there loaded and ready to go. They're for display purposes. Uh, you don't think there's gunpowder in the uh, flintlock? <laughs> I doubt you don't it. think you poured gunpowder yeah. put in, like, Just better uh, be ready. And... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's packing it in there going, you better be ready. <laughs> I might have One to day. use this blunderbust at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I was just going like, "What is going on?" When she picks yeah, this up, yeah. and yeah, and of course she blows him away with it. And you're like, "Oh, oh, okay. Well, eh, all right, he's well, dead." And then I did think killed the only black character. All, right, well. <laughs> all the women and black people die in this movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh I did think. Oh, wait, they're gonna blame Bronson for this. What possible motive would he have to kill his only friend? I don't know. Like, how, how do the... Because the police work in this movie is so lazy from the other cops, right? Where they're just like, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Bronson probably did this, too. I'm like, so wait. Okay, yeah, he was stalking his ex-wife. Let's assume he went off the deep end and killed her and the boyfriend. He then is just, what, like, lost his mind and goes, uh, Let me kill my best friend, too. Could we be generous with this movie and say that because every other police officer is on the take they're just like well he's not so i guess we'll just blame him for everything it's and... like a jim gordon kind of thing yeah exactly <laughs> but then oh my god when they write off the judge's death as an accident later is really <laughs> insane <laughs> how is that even <laughs> because so bronson does pick up the delinquent Arabella is like, come mm -hmm. on, join me on this obvious suicide mission. <laughs> uh, and she sees, this is where she sees. And also that was like, what in the afternoon, maybe in the morning at yes. earliest, she's looking mm -hmm. at a newspaper in a, in a dispenser that night. And they have the headline that Bronson has killed the partner and she's the accomplice. Holy shit. That, that was fast. I did say the the phrase, wow, news travels fast in this movie. <laughs> well, and also he was killed out in the middle of nowhere in his cabin. Did the woman call in the death or something? And why? I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah. Uh, because I, I just say that all happens because I want to get to the scene where she puts on this wig and seduces this judge because this is wild. This is maybe the strangest death in the movie. <laughs> because especially because uh, we don't know who this guy is for a long time. So I'm like, I just keep going, what is the point of any of this? Yeah. Until until they eventually reveal who he is. But uh, yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> I assumed he had something to do he with it. I mean, he had she... to, yeah. But I, I wasn't quite sure what the deal with it was. And it's, like a lot of this movie, long. The sequence is long. Yes. Yeah, she... It's very like them flirting is very long. <laughs> the weird bath sequence takes too long. Also, the the architecture of this building 
Like, oh. what's with like the upper window above the bath? Oh, the bathtub boggled my mind. I was truly yeah. just like, what? Because the because the camera comes in right, and it's going over like a half wall with kind of columns, and it goes yeah, over yeah, yeah. it, and then and then the camera goes down onto the bathtub. We come very close to seeing this guy's dick in the water multiple times. Too. I think we can see his pubic hair. Oh, I'm that, pretty sure we can see that. Definitely saw that, unquestionably. Yeah. Uh, and we come yeah. very close to seeing the whole thing. Um, yeah. And I was just like, okay. Uh, but so um, we we come down here, and this is a this is the second time in a Canon Bronson movie. We have seen a sexy bathing scene. I'm trying to. I'm the guy to with the dandruff in Death Wish Five, and the woman is seductively putting dandruff shampoo in his hair. Right. Oh, that, that is so <laughs> weird. And this is very weird. Like, this, this is even is, weirder. This is a way weirder she, scene. Believe it or not, she's like tickling his feet. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah. And she just. And the way that she drowns him is very strange because she just lifts up his legs and he's incapable of doing anything. Well, yeah, it it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't understand how she creates leverage through his whole body. (laughs) And there's like railings on the side of the bath where he could just pull himself up out of the water. But no. Sure could. So she, (laughs) she drowns him in the bath, then goes upstairs and grabs a lamp. And this is the only reason I feel like that this is the way it is is so she can just drop this lamp right like that's why they built this set this way i guess i think yeah. that's the case she drops this but lamp also in. if she's drowned him yep what does she need to electrocute him for doesn't that just make it look more suspicious i know because they write it off as an accident you're like what that lamp that was what perched up there fell <laughs> into the tub while he's going also wouldn't a medical examination autopsy reveal water in his lungs saying he was dead before the electric shock, which actually wouldn't shock him then? Suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. No, they just, I mean, because I guess, yeah, I guess we have to go with what you're saying, Lisman, which is true. We just have to assume literally everyone, including the medical examiner, are in on this. (laughs) But doesn't that, that brings up a more interesting, you know, uh, conflict than the actual conflict. Of right, the, that the entirety of the law enforcement of Los Angeles is crooked. Every yeah. single person at every level is in on this. <laughs> That's the greatest conspiracy known to man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to, like, I just, it's one of those things when they, when they say, when you see the paper headline, it's like, judge dies in electrical bath accident or whatever you're like what that's what they would conclude (laughs) yeah it just oh this Uh, script this is one of the worst scripts and we well i I don't actually know if it's one of the worst scripts actually no there are leaps Um, in logic in it that don't make sense but actually as a plot it as we've said it actually does hold together better than a lot of stuff we watch and it does it do the is thing where it's better. a to b to c you know yeah. it's uh it, it's it's actually aside from scenes that linger a little too long the movie's pretty well paced and the plot makes a basic level of sense that you can follow like there was never a point yeah, when the, i was the like, overarching structure makes right sense, even the, if the finer details don't exactly yeah that's the thing where yeah. i'm going like okay and i could imagine 
if you were a divorced dad in 1986 who went to see this, you would have no notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no notes. Yeah. No. Perfect. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Another win for Brunson. Um. <laughs> uh okay so so now the judge is dead and uh this is where bronson oh no 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 before they find out about the judge they have to go to he's got to go confront frank vincenzo the mob boss yes which involves arabella seducing one of his guards is this before or after the shaving scene this is before Okay, okay. I have we'll that, get to the I have that written scene. down, which is okay. weird. Uh-huh. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, this, but this sequence is very strange as well. Uh, because she's this, like, very punk, you know, mid-'80s punk teenage, roughly teenage girl, I think. Yeah. Young-ish, right? She's a kid. I mean, he the actress going is to, 22. Hey, kid. But, yeah, I mean, college age at oldest, right? right. Like, as presented right. here. And this guard is just like, yeah, I'll fuck her. Okay. Like right sure. now. Because she goes, how about we Nothing go check suspicious. out some of these empty apartments? And he's like, you bet. <laughs> Whatever you say. She just comes in off the street and says, you're cute. Let's go upstairs. And he's like, sure thing. <laughs> Doesn't find that suspicious at all. Nope. Okay. Meanwhile, Bronson knocks out the other guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Puts on his uniform. For like a split second, he puts on the uniform. I thought that was funny. Yeah. To the point where I'm going yeah. like, what is, why did he even need to put on the uniform? He didn't. <laughs> he just walks into the building immediately, takes the uniform off. Eh, I didn't want to Pretty wear much. that. That's enough of that. Uh, you know, second uh, on second thought, this is pretty warm. Mm-hmm. You know, I might uh, just going to take off some layers here. So I was watching. The, so now the, the, the Arabella and the guard are upstairs in this bedroom. And... Yes. You know, she's taking her shirt off and stuff, and I'm thinking, how far is this gonna go? I was terrified. Uh, I was I was terrified this was gonna be just very gratuitous, and I was not looking it's, forward it's to not. it. It's not. Weirdly, the canon manages to not do that. Uh, I'm sure mm. if they had Madonna, they would have wanted her to take her top off. Um, but I uh, mean, if Madonna was asking for a million dollars. You could probably have negotiated out a topless scene. Well, I've but, also, yeah. uh, well, I have, uh, I have seen other Madonna movies though, where it seems like she was more than cool with that, and maybe I mean, even suggested yeah. it herself. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm just saying, if I were Madonna and I were in this movie, <laughs> right, I'd right. be like, this yeah. movie could not pay me enough for that. Right, right, uh, right, right. Yeah. Um. Uh. So the, she ultimately grabs this guy by the dick. Uh, mm-hmm. and then Bronson comes in and she says, geez, what took you so long? And Bronson hits her with this glorious one-liner. Didn't want to interrupt love in bloom. <laughs> I just, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say here other than what is there? Pure contempt for the film. Yeah. Uh, it was about here where I was like, okay, movie. <laughs> All right. It's, yeah, we're doing this. All right. Because um, I'm just going like, am I supposed to find any of this charming? Because <laughs> I don't. No. Um, so they bust in on the mobster, as we said, in the in the process of the lead up to a blowjob mm-hmm. that is very While he's long. watching 
somebody oh. perform oral sex. Yeah. I'm assuming it's instructive is, is why <laughs> he has that on. Just uh, um, just take a look at what she's doing, honey. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me pause it. Okay, yeah. let's see. So we, see this that's technique the angle here. We're going for that's here. about what we're yeah. trying to do here. Um, yeah. Do you see how you're like, like you're like for some reason licking my nipple right now. Well, I will say lower. when the scene first started, it and the way he's reacting, it seems like she was actively blowing it's him at that started. point. But but she's so high up, like on his chest. That I'm going like. Oh, is this like a room situation? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And his only, his dirty talk is, do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it. I immediately started laughing at this whole thing. <laughs> uh, and especially because we sit here with this scene for a while. Before Bronson busts in. Way, Way too, too long. long. Yeah. So Bronson busts in. Bronson and Arabella both have guns now. And they bust in. And Wait, where did she get a gun? Maybe from the, I guess, the unconscious the guard. guard? Yeah, he had a gun. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Okay. Uh, so they uh, they bust in, and Bronson proceeds to beat the shit out of this guy and demand mm -hmm. answers until he's he, literally uh, crying in the fetal position on the bathroom floor going, I don't know anything about it. And he's like, playing Russian roulette with this guy. Yeah. He's just like, you've got two chambers left. 50-50 chance of living. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, as he walks out, he, he clicks the last two and they're empty. He's like, it never had bullets, dummy. <laughs> man, just like, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He full-on traumatized this man. Not to say that this man, like, you know he's a bad a guy person. yeah but it's just it's but, it's unnecessary though from bronson it's just one of those things where you're going like that's not cool yeah uh so yeah he he walks the the thing is like play the russian roulette you don't have to then go ha ha there never were bullets and you piss in your pants <laughs> sucker <laughs> what a chump <laughs> yeah, just, i don't like jack murphy at no. all. Why would he's I? He's a despicable human being. Yeah, he's terrible. I don't, I don't think I like anyone in this movie. I don't think I no. like a single one of these people. Um, nope. So uh, so they, they got, it wasn't him. Then when Bronson goes uh, and opens the truck he's been driving and out falls, for some reason Bronson put the unconscious guard in the front seat of his car. Right, because the guy falls That's out, and Bronson sense. goes, "Thanks for keeping my seat warm." <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's just know. the worst. Yeah. Uh, so then they go to his current partner, the previously mentioned uh, ladies' man, who's now talking Art. about a different girl. That's the bit, and Bronson's like, "I thought you were with Sharon, or whatever, you know." And he's like, yeah. no, that was last week, man. You know, he's like, whatever. I can't keep up. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you if I'm going to be perfectly honest. <laughs> this smells of bullshit. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so the, it, it's he asks him to look up in the files for anybody uh, all the people he and his partner put away. 
and that's that sets in motion the partner doing any form of detective work and the, I, I like how when the partner calls back he lists three people yeah it has like, to be these these three people it has to be one oh because i guess it's it's three people who, oh, who got are, put away and who were released, released recently yes okay. that's what it is that okay yeah that's about to say like have they only put away three people <laughs> In our whole yeah. 40 years together, we only managed to put away three. Um, it's because I keep shooting people. Yeah, they're the only... Yeah, well, actually, that might be the <laughs> That could be the case <laughs> in this movie. I would believe that. Because I <laughs> shot the rest. Shot 175, arrested three. <laughs> so, Pretty good track record. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> so he... He uh he sets him on that, and then this is the shaving scene. Which before we get to the, the Bronson shaving, and next to him, this is his partner's house. There's yes. a giant like travel poster for Hawaii. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I didn't notice that. I I, I clocked it because it, it's one of those things where it feels like oh, we just need something. Like set design just needed something there. Put anything on the and wall, so it, but it it looks like the kind of post you'd see in an airport or something like that with like visit yeah. hawaii you know and it's it's people in like a luau or whatever and i just thought that's a weird thing to have in your house um <laughs> but his partner's a weird guy um it's true yeah so yeah this is where she's just watching him shave and like smiling yeah it's i think this is supposed to be chemistry is my thought which is weird well, because I, he's over 40 years older than her. Yeah. Um, and he and does, she does say, I like older men. Oh, that's in the breakfast scene that is. You think this might be flirty? That scene where they're eating breakfast together is yeah. very flirty. Yeah, uh, it made me very uncomfortable. But he does hit her with this one-liner when, when he's shaving. She's watching. He goes, what am I, a TV? <laughs> uh, oh, then we get this like very domestic kind of like uh, husband and wife sitcom scene where she's like, "I'm making a sandwich with this and this and mayo." Well, I don't like mayonnaise. She's like, "How can you not? Who doesn't like mayonnaise?" Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't like it. And they're just like, "Oh, good lord." <laughs> uh, and so yeah, then when they're eating their sandwiches, this is where she says, "I don't know. I've always liked older men." Like is that way so? older? <laughs> I should have you know, I have not had an erection in like <laughs> two decades. It takes me back to the one of my favorite Simpsons lines from Grandpa, which I will then give to Bronson here. Uh, she wouldn't take "I can't" for an answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is just kind of. Uh, okay, this is also where I'm going. Oh, please don't kiss. Please, yeah. for the love of I'm God. I'm glad they don't. I'm so glad that doesn't No, it's all kind of subtextual and subtle. It's not, you it's know. It's still weird, though. Oh, like, it's, it's, I mean, I was so uncomfortable with this dialogue exchange. Yeah. I uh, hated this. Uh, hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, we, I just wrote weird flirty lunch scene. Uh, He's three times her age. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's he's lived three of her lifetimes she wants to go I, to a club i want to stay home and nap but <laughs> we make it work 
Uh, and keep in mind, Bronson's wife, Jill Ireland, is for some reason a co-producer on this movie. So she's like, yeah, I don't. Charlie, this is the movie for you. Um, I guess I guess she hates women, too. It's like we, internalized misogyny. Uh, I, I have been thinking we really do need to do a Bronson month on this show at some point. Um, yeah. And get out of n- not all of his canon movies. But I do want to do the canon movie he and his wife did together. They made one movie with canon together called Assassination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Jill, his his wife, Jill Ireland, was also a, a very talented actress. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, and always one of those things where she was gorgeous, and he has the face of a, you know, <laughs> and people are always like, "Wow, okay, it's my personality." She fell in love with because um, <laughs> we talked about that on the Death Wish thing that he knew. Mary talks about he refused makeup on movies because he's like, "This catch is made of a face is what makes me famous." Don't try to make me look good. It is. I mean, I will say one of the things. It is distinct. One of the things I like about Bronson, uh, and and once again, Bronson is doing the best he can. He is a good actor, um, especially if you go back to things like The Great Escape or Magnificent Seven or Dirty Dozen, that kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. He's very good, and he is very distinctive. It's just yeah. the script is so bad, and he yeah. he knows that he knows this. I mean, he t- yeah. I mean, his whole attitude of the can was like, Ugh, "How much? Okay, you know." Because his whole it was always like, "If you're gonna pay me that much, what? What? I would say no. I'd be crazy." <laughs> yes, death wish for then, you know. Um, so yeah, this is where he talks on the phone to the guy, and he remembers, "Oh yeah, I did put that woman away." And wasn't there some other guy that he goes, well, it could be this guy. He did swear he would get vengeance on you. He was like, no, no, it's not him, though. Couldn't be him for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, how many people swore vengeance against this guy, you know? No, he, no. He doesn't even bring up, like, well, it couldn't be him because the voice on the phone was a woman. This is voice. what I'm talking about. He didn't about. even bring it up at all. This is what I'm talking about. The, the woman, he never brings the phone up ever again. What was the point nope. of that phone call then if he was like, Oh my God, that woman on the phone, it must be her. I don't know. They don't let Bronson as a detective put any clues together at all. Never. It has to be, it has to be presented to him completely figured Mm -hmm. out. Could it Um, be? Maybe. And then mm. when he sees that the judge has been killed, he's like, Oh God, it is. Yep. Yep. That's the explanation. (laughs) And he goes, we've got to go to Malibu. That's where the prosecutor lives. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, sure. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, m- meanwhile, uh, there's a very pointless murder that I don't fully understand where the villain is talking to her parole officer. Yep. What, what was the point of this? I, John, I don't know. Just like I... this screams of, of them just going, hmm, hasn't been any killing in a little while in the movie. <laughs> Can we get another? Can we sneak another murder in here? <laughs> because we just need a little, little bit of woman on woman violence. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because she confesses what she's been doing to this parole officer, and then goes, "You never should have let me out. I am crazy." And then strangles her with an electrical cord. Ah, uh, yes, I do love the representations of mental health in, in these movies. It's just so spot yeah. on. Well, we're for, I mean, the eighties is filled with crazy bad guys, you know, 
I'm... Moral of the story. <laughs> Just execute crazy people, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. This dude's crazy. Better kill him. Um... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she strangles this woman, who dies instantly, of course. Like, she strangles her for, what, like 10 seconds and she dies? I also like that when she's strangled, there's blood on her neck underneath the cable. Which right is away, once part. again, too. Yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> I don't think that's how that works but you know. uh, definitely not <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really this was just like uh okay <laughs> <laughs> all right sure, sure this is i think this scene is the only example of there being a scene where it's like i don't know why this was in the movie you know right like everything else is just scenes go on a little too long this is the only example where i'm like this didn't need to be in the movie no at all no because Bronson and uh, Arabella show up where she's living. Yeah. Right. And and uh, we, of course, get Bronson threatening to bust the teeth out of this guy who's just the... Because he's like, I can't tell you what apartment she lives in. How would you like to lose your teeth? Yeah, she's up in 4B. Uh, or, or what does he say? Did you write what he What he says is really weird. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Can you count to five? How would you like to do it without teeth? <laughs> doesn't make any sense no it's nonsense <laughs> more nonsense from bronson in this movie yeah how'd you like the dough without teeth i mean nonsense if you will it's bronze sense oh that's gonna be the first book we put out from this show <laughs> bronsense uh i do there is the guy who writes bronson books i I've, I've been trying to reach out to him to see if we can get him on the show uh, there you go. there's a guy who's yeah. written a few bron I, I referenced his death wish book when we did the death wish five episode um mm. there's a couple guys out there who are like action movie scholars who i really want to get on the show uh, yeah because yeah they're out there guys who like really study this at like a collegiate level hmm. um, yeah i'd be very very interested to hear what this person has to say yeah like, honestly like oh yeah it's, it's fascinating like this whole industry is super totally. strange yeah um, if yeah. i mean i feel like if i was in the scholarly fields this is probably what i would be studying uh are yeah, like yeah. are like uh, exploitation or b movies in this sense because yeah yeah they, they do fascinate in some ways they fascinate me more than the really quality stuff or it's also like right. that stuff has been covered the the discussion of it is obvious getting deep into these movies yeah it, it reflects society in a different way it sure you know? does um, um yeah. so they find he finds the the photo album of all the creepy stalker shots she's taken of him mm -hmm. And Arabella just finds the parole officer's body stuffed in a closet. And, of course, the cops have rolled up right on them. It's a that trap. Sense. It's a trap. It's a trap. I just want them, any movie that has a trap needs to cut to Admiral Akbar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very important. It's very, very important. But the most insane thing that happens in this movie is in this scene, I think, which is when they're escaping and Bronson goes, hang on. Let me get rid of their car. And then proceeds to blow up a car with a thirty-eight revolver. I backed that up five times, Lesman, to see this. Because he's just like, bang, bang, good. bang. And the car explodes in a fireball. It's this is a massive explosion for a car. It like, is. And the other thing is, I was trying, I'm going, because I looked at where the, expl the explosion comes from the back seat. Yes. So... Is this presuming those guys just had crates of dynamite back there that he's shooting? I mean, like, what? Yeah, they're police officers, John. That's where they put all their big booms. You know, I their big boomsticks. Like, 
I would have understood if he shot out their tires. That would have made sense. No. Yeah, but we want to see explosions, John. That's why people come to these movies. They want to see cars engulfed in flames. Yeah, well, I got to say, this is probably going to make the list of our best explosions of the year for the shelfie. I think so. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, This movie's going to have a weird amount of nominations, I think, because I I definitely... uh, Want to champion uh, Kathleen Wilhoit for worst performance of the year as Arabella in this? Yeah, yeah, she's she's up there for mm-hmm. sure. It's hard. It's I mean because of her lines are so bad. It's like, true. The it's, writing it's is hard to judge is, too harshly. But terrible. she's also it's not a good performance. It's, it's really, not. And there's no way to sugarcoat it. She's an act. I mean, this is only her second movie. She's an actress who does get better. We talked about she had a recurring role on Gilmore Girls and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, she definitely went on to do other stuff, but this is very early in her career. She's very young. She's primarily a musician at this point. Uh, yeah. And we can talk about the song, man. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> that may be a category for future shelfies is uh, best, best original, original song. song. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen a couple. Um, Cause kill was it yeah. kill them all that had one. Kill them all had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because that was the rap song, right? Yeah. That was like yeah. the very bad rap music. That the uh, brother of the director did, I think, was the yep. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got it. please, please no. Don't give you don't give your family jobs on these movies. Uh, don't don't have your your deadbeat brother rap uh, you know. Hey bro, yeah, I could do a rap for it. I'm kind of a rapper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've I've listen to run dmc before let me uh, let me drop this. some rhymes um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so yeah he blows up their car with his 38 revolver uh-huh. it's such video game logic it is like if oh, i shoot yes. a car enough times with literally any gun it will explode like yes. that's grand theft yeah, auto logic like, yeah classic like 90s video game logic yeah exactly sure. exactly uh it just it's it made me laugh um yeah i mean we love to see it i we all i i don't need an excuse for a good explosion in no movie, you know no and in fact i mean here's the thing i'm mocking this but this is what i want to see in these movies this is the level of ridiculous yes. we're looking for and actually i would say this is maybe the most canon films moment the idea that you could blow up a yes. car with an actually smaller caliber handgun. He's he's just got a little thirty eight. He's yep. got like a police special, and <laughs> that thing goes into a ball of fire. Um, it just the car becomes fire. Uh, so uh, let's see. So they're going to save the prosecutor at his house. Mm. Spoilers: He's dead. Here's the thing: Bronson doesn't save a single person in this movie. Nope. <laughs> you know how that that uh, um flight attendant got shot mm-hmm. uh, being taken hostage yeah yeah that's indicative of everything else in this movie well, that... bronson does not stop any violence from happening no he really doesn't because it's, it's not a... about justice it's about revenge it's about revenge <laughs> yeah it uh, is. Which <laughs> makes it seem way more deep than it actually is um it does yeah but i was yeah. thinking about this because in the mold of dirty harry and stuff like that is like dirty harry shoots a bunch of people but he also like saves a bus of kids and like does, he does classically heroic things. He grabs that guy from jumping off the building. You know, like there are moments yeah. in those movies where you see the good he adds to the world that isn't just shooting bad guys. This movie has no interest in displaying any of that. Any 
classically heroic moments for Jack Murphy. Nope. He shows up. This prosecutor's just, already dead. Just vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's clearly like uh, Gullen and Globus being like, no one wants to see that. <laughs> Boring. Not our audience. Their exactly. audience. Yeah. The canon audience wants death and plenty of it. Um, I will say at this point in the film was when I started checking the time. You know uh, yeah. I mean? I yes. Just, and actually, okay. I, can I, can I wrap up, please. <laughs> I thought the same thing and then was pleasantly surprised that it did only have about 20 minutes left. Because yes, it was it was exactly. about here. I checked the time, too. And I go, this movie either has a little or a lot left. I can't tell. Yeah. Like it's, if it had said there was an hour left, going. I would have been like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it actually it actually was like, OK. It is what I thought and want that we're going into the third act now. Thank God. Because stupidly, also they go, "Hey, he, we're in this creepy, empty mansion. Let's split up. You take <laughs> upstairs, know. and I'm like, she's gonna get taken. <laughs> what? Why would you split up? Yeah. Like that's that doesn't make any logic. It doesn't make any logical sense. I. She has no police training or anything, and he's like. You check upstairs. And of course, she is instantly chloroformed by the villain and captured. Mm -hmm. She gets in the time it takes Bronson to find this guy's body, she manages to escape this house with the girl, uh, the unconscious Arabella, and has scrawled in lipstick on the wall. Like, was it if you want her, come back to where it all started? As if this is like a classic rivalry between bronson and this woman i was i was under the impression she already wrote, wrote that note because uh, i was just like there's no way she would have time that's to that's that. a fair point she 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 set that you know early and, and figured she'd get the girl she she assumed she planned for the girl to wander aimlessly yeah you know, uh, up yeah to this place without you know I thought, yeah without, he'd be stupid enough to let her go on her own uh <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about he is an atrocious police officer. Uh, just sure. absolutely awful. Um, so <laughs> he's like, uh, well, I know where that is. This feels very like, but once again, where it all started is like, that's like something the Joker would write so he could meet him at Access Chemicals or whatever. You know, like where it all started. We don't even, we don't even, here's the thing. We know she went away for murder. I don't think we get the details of what the murder she committed was. They they did describe it very briefly mm. um, when Art called him on the phone. Mm. I don't remember the specific. I didn't bother <laughs> to write down. I forgot him. Details. I didn't. I didn't remember anything. That was my, yeah, where I'm going. Uh, yeah, because she had like a shootout on on a roof or something oh, okay. on the roof of this building. Yeah, because it's this building um, obviously where it all started. It's like why wasn't that the first scene? or something you know oh there you go that would be what a good movie would do is have the prologue to set up the villain's reason and then what i would have done is i would have started like you're saying with that then maybe like kind of a little montage of the years where she's in prison and Mm. then and then it would be like we, we follow through all that and then her like lying to the parole board so she gets out and then we uh, literally this is the shot i have in my head now is i would have her coming out of the prison gates with like an evil smile cut to canon film group presents and all we set the threat right from the start you're not confused about anything you know where this is going 
I mean, this sounds great, John. Uh, let's do it. Let's write the script. <laughs> it's time to remake Murphy's Law. Uh, thank goodness. And hey, thank God we have a spare Bronson lying around. It's true. Yeah. Robert Bronson in Murphy's Law. Uh, <laughs> it's right. It's me, Jake Murphy. Don't fuck with Jake Murphy. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it all sets up to the end of the end of the movie, which yeah, I now that I now that I read that, I do see it is the same place that the end of Blade Runner happens. Uh, I, yep. I, I, I like literally the polar opposite of this movie in terms of quality. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> did you like? Because I did enjoy. I got a little excited once we see that the main villain has a crossbow for this final conflict. Yep, like, I'm just like that. That tracks. Because I, I think that is a canon thing where it's like, how many different kinds of weapons can we get into this thing? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no like reference to her like being an expert hunter or anything. Yeah, like, there's no reason she has a crossbow. No, that's another like thing a good screenwriter would do is lay the seeds for why she's choosing arrows over bullets. Like you know, uh, but it's cool, man. But then uh, yeah, at, at yeah. the same time he arrives, of course, the mob guy rolls up with the crooked cops. Yeah. They're all rolling up at the same time. And uh, let's see. Crooked cop goes in first, right? Yeah. And he pulls the piece. Because Bronson doesn't know for sure this guy's crooked until the guy pulls yeah. a gun on him. And then mm-hmm. I did love this because we established the crossbow. He just takes an arrow right to the neck. Yep. Into him. I was like, ooh. Because that those Immediate are the karma, yeah. And then of course, in classic canon fashion, that's not enough. He's got to then fall over the railing of these stairs and crash four floors to the ground. This yeah, is the kind I, of stuff that canon delivers on. And this is, uh, I mean, somebody getting an arrow in the neck is way more interesting of a death than just him getting shot. Absolutely, I, I do think canon is good about that compared to a lot of the other stuff. There are usually a handful of interesting deaths in their movies. They do yeah. come up because they like to use different weapons and stuff. So they like to yeah. do crazy things. They will have a re- nothing beats the rocket launcher duel though. No. <laughs> nothing I mean, nothing ever will. Yeah, it, it won an award. It won a shelfie for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Shelfie award that. winner Invasion USA. Um yeah. So let's see. So he takes it out of the neck. Uh there is another point too where one of the mobsters is shooting a shotgun at him and Bronson grabs one of the other mobsters and spins him around as a human shield. That was pretty great. Classic cannon. That's great stuff. Uh yeah. the other one I love is when Bronson goes th- goes through the glass pane and then pushes that guy backwards until his head goes into the that I mean that's that's pretty great, man. He's impaled through good. the back of the head by a shard of glass. I enjoyed yeah. that immensely. Yeah. Uh, really like that I like the killing. I, I like, like the, the killing, yeah. I do enjoy this. Uh, we do have a guy who shoots up an empty office for no reason. That's got some shades of Invasion USA. That's true. Yeah, he shoots both of the, the pictures hanging on the wall yeah. for some reason. <laughs> it's just because he's got a shotgun. It's just like, I boom, photography. boom. And he's like, why? <laughs> I thought those a pictures. A photographer killed my parents. God damn. I hate displayed photography. <laughs> God damn. His office looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are these stock photos? <laughs> Atrocious. They are because once again we're just set dressing. Yeah. You know, it's the same yep. place where they got the Hawaii poster. They got these. You know. Yep. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for some reason, when uh, Frank Vincenzo comes in here, he sees a body lying on the ground that he thinks is Bronson. And he proceeds yeah, to just strange. unload this Uzi into it. He's like, remember what I said about Murphy's Law. And then, of course, Bronson's behind him with a shotgun. And he says, remember what I told you. Don't fuck with Jack Murphy. Blows him away. Ba-boom. Yeah. Kablamo. You're done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> meanwhile, what I love is... Bronson has had for about 10 minutes now this big shootout with all these mobsters and crooked cops. And mm. the killer woman has just been watching this? Because she has no interaction so. with any of this, aside from shooting that nope. first guy with the arrow. But I guess in the meantime, she's uh, duct-taped uh, Arabella underneath the elevator. <laughs> yeah, she's setting up this elaborate death trap, John. Yeah. She can't just kill Arabella. No. She needs... She needs to be a little this is a canon film for god's sakes you know i do once i feel like these are notes that golan and globus would have given where they're like we read the script but come on where's the death trap this is a canon film you know how come nobody is like how come an elevator is not coming down and threatening to squish somebody i don't yeah. understand the part where she just puts a gun door head not enough you know no this is a it's canon not film i mean I will I will say that. One thing Golden Globe is very good. They knew their audience, you know? They knew they what the canon fans wanted to see. Yeah. Uh because yeah, we get this whole scene and then you get old Bronson slash his much slimmer stunt double booking it down these stairs. Although, as I thought watching it, why didn't he just push the button at one of the floors and stop the elevator? Great question. <laughs> No, instead, and then he still doesn't stop the elevator. He's just, now he's under the elevator trying to untape her. And, of course, they roll yeah. out just in time. But I was then worried, John. she immediately gets shot in the back by an arrow. And I thought, <laughs> holy shit, she's dead. I can't believe this. Why? Yeah, because where she got shot was like, there's no, that's like through her heart. Yeah, she got that's shot not... like right in the upper back and gets, you know. It almost feels like she did die in some version, and then a test audience didn't like it, so they added a new ending. That happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is what this feels like. For but sure. I did think, because I was already thinking the thing about, well, he didn't save the prosecutor, he didn't save anybody, and I thought, holy shit, he doesn't even save the second lead. <laughs> She'll somehow be all right, like totally all right <laughs> Don't worry too. About like it. she's cracking wise again. Even if she survived, yeah. you feel like she'd be unconscious for a while, and you know. It seems like a lung is punctured. Like she wouldn't be able to speak, you know, because mm -hmm. she's drowning in her own blood. Right, but, exactly. Yeah, it seems I, like. I, what do I? And they're just sort of casually rolling him in the same ambulance, going, like, they can share, not she immediately needs to go to the hospital right now because this is a horribly traumatic injury. Nope. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, the, the, the villain lady has gotten a fire axe. Mm -hmm. classic action movie logic where there are just fire axes of course in building i really like the timing of her swinging and you see the stunt double of uh uh bronson, bronson yeah kind of duck really quickly <laughs> out of frame yeah 
It look it looks very bad. it's very funny. Yeah, it's very it looks really it's bad. very like I will swing and you will duck. Like it's very Yeah. It feels like the half speed rehearsal of it, you know? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll try this. Oh, what we filmed that? You shouldn't use that. Um so uh yeah, they're swinging at that. And then ultimately she swings to the point where she's over the edge of this floor and hanging by the axe. And I love how long she's like, please save me. And he's just standing there watching, saying nothing. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Our hero. Well, he, she even says, go to hell. And then he he hits her with a one-liner. Ladies uh, first. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's not great, but it, it's pretty funny. It's pretty good canon movie one-liner. Yeah. And, uh, exactly, and then she falls yeah. to her death. I yep. did think this was key because I thought, oh, my God, they're going to have to have Bronson kill a woman. And they kind of don't have him. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of her own He doing. just doesn't save a woman. That's it. Yeah. But I mean, it's sort of like we don't actually see Bronson hit a woman or shoot a woman. I think that was kind of how yeah. that – because they don't like that look. Um, but – I mean, it, it's a strange look considering how they treat all – the women characters in this movie but anyway, you can do. no it's always a weird thing in action movies where it's like well, we can't have the main hero hit a woman it's like well but they're evil and they need to be stopped or whatever you're seeing yeah. it more and more now like the because uh, i have heard some people say and i agree with like the the real you know feminist sort of parody or quality movies we need more female villains not just heroic portrayals of women but it is cool to see yes. female supervillains and stuff yeah, definitely. Um, and that aren't just fighting other women. Because that's always the thing, too, where it's like, there'll be a female villain in James Bond for the Bond girl to fight. You're like, no, we want to see James Bond fight her. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, then it's like, okay, well, you're just putting this character in to fight this other character. Yeah, you know? we see that a lot where I'm like, they only introduce this woman so that she can fight the female villain at the end of the movie. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Um. So that's, uh. there's that. Yeah, then Bronson is on a stretcher, loaded into an ambulance next to Arabella. And, oh, the banter starts up again. You puke breath, dick face, whatever, dildo head. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah, and, oh, oh. These two are going to have it's some hot love, sex John. when they get out of the hospital. That's all I know. <laughs> that's all I, That's all I'm gleaning from this. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, going to be It's going to be violent. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be nasty. And the name-calling. Oh, the name-calling. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and that's the, the end the of the movie. The safe word is butt munch. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, that's the end of Murphy's Law. Although not quite, Lisman, because uh, we are treated to a title track song. Because when this song oh. started, I initially thought, oh, it's like, uh, you know, they would always just sort of put a pop song at the end of these 80s movies. But then when they yeah. got to the chorus, and it really was Murphy's Law. It had They had a canon commissioned a song for this. Written, and what a song. Written and performed by Kathleen Wilhoit, who played Arabella. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say uh, I'm not going to sing this. Okay. Uh, nobody wants to hear that. You'll perform um, it as a dramatic And I also didn't model. write down all the lyrics. I just wrote no, until I think we can, got to the chorus. Yeah, I think, you can, I think you can give us enough of a taste here. But this this gives you a good impression of the the lyricism uh, that is at play here in this song. Uh, so, L.A.'s just a movie set. Uh, oh fuck it! 
What is this? What does this say? <laughs> your your flash in the pan. Sweat drips from your forehead while your foot stuck in the sand. <laughs> uh, pushing 105 on the freeway. Yeah. Because you've got to get no you've got to get to nowhere. That's a weird line. Uh, you see the flashing red in the rear view, but you don't care. Murphy's law. It's Murphy's law. Yeah. If anything can go wrong, it will. That's that's the chorus, by the way. Um, Which is so awkward, like the wording of that. Murphy's law. That doesn't fit the song very well, you know. Nope. That's hard to nope. sing. If anything yeah. can go wrong, it will. Like that's it, it's very awkward. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's... So that's that's the song. Murphy's I mean, there's more law. to it, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I will say the song, like when it goes Murphy's Law, that sounds like a TV show theme from this era. You know? It does. Well, this this even Murphy's uh, Law the title of this movie. Like, yeah. yeah. It feels like a 1980s sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm a cop at work, but I come home to my family where I can't get a word in edgewise. It's Charles Bronson and, in a new CBS sitcom. And Arabella would be his daughter yeah. in that. Like, yeah. Puke breath. You can't call your father that. You know, Man, actually, <laughs> now I wish this existed. I would have loved if Bronson had done a three camera. It would have been better than this. He's a tough <laughs> street cop but it's all about his home life when he gets home yeah. and he's disrespected by his family what's this loud music you're all listening to it's giving me a headache and he could be a divorced dad in it yeah you know? ever since your mom left to become a stripper <laughs> and that's the running thing where he goes like your mother you mean that whore and the crowd applauds uh you're talking about my whore of an ex-wife. <laughs> Hope she's happy with her pimp. <laughs> it's Charles Bronson. The laughs Yay. continue on an all-new Murphy's Law. Um, right after, uh, yeah, right after Family Ties comes Murphy's Law. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's, I, I think there. This uh, it's nice because there's actually a couple nominees. I think for uh, best death in this movie. It's true. What are we thinking? Is it uh, is it arrow to the neck? Is it glass mm. shard to the brain? Mm. Um, is there anything I'm else? Trying to remember. Yeah, it seems like most of them were in most in the of the end notable of it, ones yeah. were in the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do kind of like her making the guy say "ah" and then shooting out the back of his head. As far as the that's shooting true. death does, that's pretty good. You know. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah, think I don't think it's though, I don't think it's really gonna win, but I do want to point it out because I do like when you can do a creative shooting death, which is not always the case mm -hmm. in this movie. So that was kind of right, cool. exactly. Because that's also so early where I was like, oh shit, this movie's hardcore, right. kind of, you know? Right, exactly. Which is also a problem with it, though, right? Tone stuff is all the goofy shit, but then the violence is is pretty gnarly. Pretty gnarly, yeah. I'm gonna give it to one of the two at the end. I think I, I'm leaning um, towards the the arrow is so unexpected and cool, but the glass shard really made me go oh oh oh, oh you know yeah because it it does it like there's a reveal that he got stabbed in the back. like you got it from the performance that he yeah. got stabbed in the back with glass but, but when then he falls forward and the glass is just sticking out of the back of his head pretty cool yeah I I, I think that I think we got to give it to that one. 
Well, I think also the creativity of it. We see a lot of broken glass in these movies, but very rarely mm-hmm. is anyone actually killed by it, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. So I think we go with that. Uh, let's let's take a look at these one-liners and pick our favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting at the beginning of the movie, when uh, Bronson is frisking Arabella, she says, enjoying yourself, pervert. Uh, of course, his mm-hmm. threat to uh, the mob boss is, the only law I know is Jack Murphy's law, and it's simple. Don't fuck with Jack Murphy. Uh, of course, we have suck a doorknob, you homo. Yep. Uh, uh, when he busts in and she asks why he didn't come in sooner. Didn't want to interrupt love in bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. When he when he opens up his truck door and the unconscious guy falls out and he goes, thanks for keeping my seat warm. <laughs> uh, when she's watching him shave, he says, what am I? A TV? Uh, and then, uh, uh, yeah, after the guy thinks he's killed Murphy, Murphy pops up behind him and says, remember what I told you? Don't fuck with Jack Murphy. And then, of course, finally we have, go to hell, ladies first. I mean, I think there's only one choice here. I think, I mean. Is it ladies first? It's got to be. I think it's got to be ladies first. That's the it's, most. It's the most action, action movie, movie line, setup yeah. payoff. It's good. Yeah. Like, that's solid. That's the, every, yeah. one, every other one is just kind of weird. <laughs> that one yeah. actually feels this- like, oh, yeah. And it and this doesn't have the the weird thing where the setup is clearly just there to <laughs> right. set up the the line. The Murphy's Law she stuff is all go that. To hell. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The Murphy's Law no. stuff is all that where it's like it's so convoluted to get. Do you know what Murphy's Law is? It means this was a wild day about Murphy's. You know, it's like that's not good. Um, it's just because they called the movie Murphy's Law. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly, I think it's yeah. It's all it's first. all it's all justifying this title they settled on well <laughs> before there was a script. Title. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Lisman, as you know, it's always my, uh, my job to find the strangest IMDb reviews and, uh, mm-hmm. oh, that got a weird one here. Uh, Great. this comes to us from IMDb user Lulu1992, uh, title of the review is this film is fantastic. Okay. This film is great, and great action sequences by Bronson. This movie has it all. It really kicks the ass of the puffy action stars today. The only greats about now is Arnold and Sly. But back in the 70s, the action stars were Bronson and Clint, which Sly and Arnold are the same as them. I got an email from Kathleen, who plays McGee last week, and she said it was great working with Bronson, and he's a sweet guy and not mean. But if you get on his bad side, you'll probably end up getting fired. But she said he loved her. She's a really nice gal as well. This film has it all. The theme score, the action, and the star, Bronson. 10 out of 10 stars. So a weird, like, inside look into the... I spoke with the lead of this movie for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And also just the, all the all the weird stuff. I always do like when people talk about these old movies by mentioning like is it the the puffy action stars? Of, you know, they're always just going like these guys were real men, unlike today's action stars. And I, when was this review made? Just out of curiosity, uh, it was uh, two thousand three, I think. So I I like how the the modern day action stars were Arnold and. Well, those are the only so ones he thinks are good still. Yeah, but that that they were well those, past their they time. They were 
they were action stars when this movie came out. In like, fact, this movie came out the same year as our previous episodes, Raw Deal and Cobra. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. And those were wow, both 86 as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, were all three of those canon films? I know Cobra uh, was. Raw Deal was not. Cobra and Murphy's okay. Law were, but Raw Deal was. It's like, was, Jesus Christ, canon. How many movies do you release in one year? Uh, oh, a uh, lot is the answer. But Arnold, Arnold yeah. never made a canon film. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. He was, was uh, Sly. They did Sly and Van Damme. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Seagal. Norris. That was their other guy. Yeah. Uh, well, I know you're excited, listen, because our old pal Bruce Winning has an opinion about this movie, which means it's time for another mm. installment of The Winning Opinion. Here's Bruce Winning's thoughts on Murphy's Law. Uh, title of his review. This is the kind of crime drama that I was hoping to see. The audio was monorail. That didn't aggravate me. I did like the picture was 16-9. I liked the action and violence. The story was the kind that I prefer over all kinds of TV and movies. I like the shooting and people dying. This is the third of three that were recommended by Amazon Prime in an email. Uh, that was the best set of recommendations so far. Amazon is learning my preferences. Even the one that I prefer 16.9 more than 5.1 and the action and violence. Thanks again, Amazon Prime. I'm with you for life. Let's live. Five out of five stars. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This is one of my favorite Bruce winning reviews, actually. (laughs) That is that is solidifying the fact that Bruce Winning assumes that there is a human being <laughs> suggesting movies for him to, can I, for can him I to watch. Can I just say thanks again, Amazon Prime? I'm with you for life. Period. Let's live is the best <laughs> ending to a review I've ever read. <laughs> that algorithm sure knows me better than any human being does. They're re- yeah, it's just talking about he's Amazon Prime's really figuring out my preferences. Amazon Prime, <laughs> will you marry me? <laughs> Amazon Prime says yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh well listen, we weren't the biggest fans of uh Murphy's Law, but uh let's no. come up with a different vehicle for uh, Mr. Bronson. Now, let me ask you this. Are, are we going to say this is an, just another Bronson Cannon movie, or are we going to say this is another Jack Murphy adventure? Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's say let's, uh... let's say this took off in a way and Jack Murphy uh, became uh, enough of a hero like Dirty Harry or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but here the, we go. But the sequel is better than the, than the original. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, this is this is the sequel that's okay. going to that's going to bring the 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 fan the you know the franchise uh, to the, this like this is this is the wrath of Khan, you know. Mhm. Okay. Can we can we uh so the title that is generated it'll be Murphy's Law yeah. subtitled whatever yeah. this is. Ooh, okay, okay here we go. I've just randomized it here. Murphy's Law War for Impact. <laughs> So is this a prequel then? Or does he go back to Vietnam? I think it's Rambo back to Vietnam. Yeah, okay. War for impact. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Well, okay, here I I think I don't think we take the Rambo thing. I think it is 
He's busted a drug case and he's tracked the drugs back to. It's not like a government has asked him to go back and. No. But we get flashbacks to him in Vietnam, which of course is just Bronson mm. with his hair dyed black. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I never Everything thought. Else exactly the same. I never thought I'd come back to Nam. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, uh, now is. Uh, is uh, Arabella going to make an appearance? Oh, I, I think language? so. I think they're just a couple in the sequel. Okay, so that's that's weird. Um, <laughs> I think we're that's weird. And we're I think... planning our <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and <laughs> so they're planning their wedding. Yeah. Because it has to be a vengeance, you know, film, yeah. of course. Right, it's right, Bronson right. Yeah. Film. Uh, so... How do we tie this into the drug, like the the this drug ring, you know? Because he's still a cop, right? Uh, yeah. Because he's killed every other police officer on the force, right. Who was on the take, which was everybody. So he's just for a bit. He's been so busy being a one man police department. <laughs> oh, takes uh, a lot out of me. Single handedly protecting the streets of Los Angeles. <laughs> Ever since I, I think the the opening prologue of the movie is him killing the last remaining corrupt cop. <laughs> Yeah, and yes. with that, uh, the department is cleansed. <laughs> <laughs> but at a certain point, he realizes he can't protect the streets of Los Angeles without going to where these drugs are being produced. Yeah, which is apparently in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to cut off the head of this snake. Go ahead. Okay. So who do we cast as the villain here? Like, That's a good what, question. What, what, I mean, okay, in my head, David Carradine is who I'm picturing. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Because he has that thing that can't, I mean, because we I think this is 80s canon, right? So they're gonna right, they're not going to exactly. cast an actual Asian actor as the Vietnamese no. head of the, it's going to be the always vaguely Asian, <laughs> at least in action movies, <laughs> Carradine. We'll have yes. we'll have and some real Asian martial arts guys as his henchmen, but Carradine exactly. will be the big boss. And maybe none of them they, will get any lines. Maybe they have a history. Oh wait, wait, wait. Here, here's the thing: they were soldiers mm. together in Vietnam. Him and Carradine. He thought Carradine died, but really he faked his death and became the head of the underworld there. Perfect. And so he goes in, and it's a bit, a little bit like Apocalypse Now. You know, Carradine has set himself up in in vietnam yeah uh, as a some sort of drug uh drug kingpin or yeah, right right something. right yeah i don't and he, i mean obviously yeah. he's okay. a worldwide drug kingpin and he's shipping to the u.s and uh yeah now, he's got to go up river and kill david carradine now are we gonna uh introduce some sort of uh mystical element in this movie <laughs> hey man why just, not just for why just not for fun. yeah what what mystical <laughs> element do you want to introduce uh, so the drug that he, actually is this a Marvel thing? The drug that he's selling is called Dragon's Blood, and it's literal Dragon's Blood. Uh, yeah, that kind of is a Marvel thing, but let's go with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so that means uh, we're know, getting like superpowered people and stuff when they're taking the drugs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> this this is so off the rails, but you know what? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So he has to fight a superpowered uh, David Carradine. <laughs> Uh, who's uh, hopped up on the drug known as uh, Dragon's, uh, Dragon's Blood. Blood. Which is now, also does he bring a... his new wife 
his new 20 at this point 25 year old wife yeah uh, i think he does on, because on, she on can understand mission. the like the street world better than he can exactly yeah 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 because her friend like like her friends from from her backstory are the ones who are getting like hooked on this new right drug. in fact maybe and, maybe uh, that's where we have the revenge aspect of this drug one of her friends ods on it and so yeah. it's too dangerous for you to go but she has to because it's personal for her yeah. and then it becomes so personal she's kind for him. of more the protagonist of this movie uh, at least initially and then it kind of reverts back once we realize Carradine is his former friend you know so then they right. each have a personal stake in it yeah yeah okay yeah. all right this doesn't sound terrible <laughs> It's it sounds insane, but you know that's okay. But I mean, but by canon standards, yeah, yeah, canon would have bought this. <laughs> I mean, Chuck Norris fought the devil. Okay? Yeah, Chuck like, Norris he... fought the devil. I love that Chuck Norris fought the devil and then canon folded because there's nowhere else to go yeah. after that. <laughs> exactly. That's it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's Murphy's Law: War for Impact coming soon to a 1980s blockbuster store near you. Um, yeah. Lisman, uh, next week on the show, I know you're excited because it is the return of the legend himself, Mr. Steven Seagal. Hooray. <laughs> That's right. We'll be watching 2019's Beyond the Law, which has oh, nothing to do with his first hit movie, Above the Law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know. Steven Seagal, more than probably any other action star, Steven Seagal's movies feel the most like they were randomly generated. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does feel like he's using the action title generator beyond the law. That would be something we would come, we would have, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, normally, I would ask you if you want to hear the tagline for this movie, but this movie has no tagline. It doesn't need it. <laughs> it's beyond. It's tagline. beyond tagline. It's beyond the law. It's beyond the law. Also unrated. No, even okay. MP they didn't even bother to submit this to the MPA because this was <laughs> never going to see theaters. It's uh, too, John. It's it's too revolutionary. It can't be rated. Yeah, it's exactly. It's it's uh, so. Yeah, we'll talk. I will say uh, to our fans out there, if you for God knows why want to watch this movie. It is available uh, with an Amazon Prime subscription, so you can watch it on Amazon okay. Prime Video. There you uh, go. So yeah, yeah that's... I would say probably don't watch this, but I will say yeah, based on the trailer, go. we're in for something here, Lisman. Um, so Oof. let's uh, yeah. So next week on the show, it's Steven Seagal. Oh, I should say Steven Seagal and DMX rapper DMX in. What did I say it was? Oh, Beyond the Law. I almost said Above the Law. Beyond the Law. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's how above and beyond the law. Above, that was the, the next. That's the next one. Yeah, above and beyond. <laughs> and this is 2019 Seagal. So this is the the most recent Seagal we've covered. This is yeah. He is. This is his <laughs> least in shape uh, version that we've seen. And on I the podcast, think this is the first so. time we'll be doing one where he's got the goatee and the tiny glasses. It's the goatee and tiny glasses era of Seagal, yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to it. I I am. Uh, it's been a while. We try to space out the Seagals as much as possible, but we can't avoid the man entirely yeah. because he does represent such a huge percentage of this, uh, you know, world of filmmaking. So he sure does. We'll talk about he that sure next does. week on the show. 
But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Of course, I want to remind people to head over to podbean.actionshelf.com. We are part of the Punch-Up Entertainment Podcast Network. So head over there to check out our exclusive bonus content. And make sure you rate and subscribe us on whatever podcatching app you use. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, But we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Till next week. Get yourself some action. The action show. The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panel up to get cool exclusive bonus content. The Action Shelf.